Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! Good evening, sports fans! And a pleasure to have you here for the big football show. Welcome back to the Sandwich Sports Show. Um, I'm your host, Dave Medina. You also know me as Davey's Eating Sandwich on Twitch and TikTok and Instagram and other platforms that I will eventually <laughs> arrive at finding. Um, it's great to have you here with us. I hope your Thanksgiving was good. And uh, we're here to talk some football tonight. It's been a bit since we've been doing a podcast. By the way, our podcast, if you're watching on Twitch, is available on all the podcast scenarios. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we got it. So uh, look for us there, Sandwich Sports. And uh, we got a lot to cover. We have had a great run in the last uh, three weeks since we last left you doing picks. And we're hoping to continue the same as we head into conference championship weekend in college football. And we'll touch a bit. We'll, we'll get into the NFL too. Some great matchups coming up this weekend. We had some great matchups last week too. So uh, let's not waste any time. John's with us tonight. Um, Oh, geez, this again. Um, all right. Hold on, folks. I do this. Hold on. Oh, this has happened again. This is okay. Now, I think you can. You're, you're, if you're listening on the podcast, you're us, But for those of you on Twitch, let me reintroduce myself. My name is Dave Medina. You know me as Davey's eating a sandwich on Twitch as well. And uh, we're having a great time here doing this this program. Whenever I switch profiles, it seems to mute. It seems to mute my scenario. I don't know why. OBS is annoying. Welcome back, everyone. The Lionel Lounge has joined us. Welcome in. Uh, you know, it's great to see our friend Jesse in in the chat. Uh, he he's been agent for a lot of great, a lot of great talent, a lot of a lot of big names on Twitch, as it turns out. So good to see you here tonight, Jesse. King Downbreaker has joined us as well. Variety streamer, welcome in. Um, so yeah, let's just talk some we'll talk some sports. We won't have as many point redeems tonight as we normally do for a sports show. But John's with us. We'll be we'll be hearing from Andy in about forty five minutes. And then as for Ron and uh, Ron and. Kev, we'll, uh, we'll see about them, but uh, I'm assuming for now it's going to be John and Andy. So let's go. Let's get recap. We have a lot to recap, so uh, let's not waste any time. Um, big home stretch coming for all of us here on the um, on in on this contest, and big matchups coming up in college football as we decide these conference championships and some some pivotal matchups in the NFL. Let's hit it. <laughs> all right, football picks week 14. And we are heading to the nitty-gritty here. Really good week for Ron and Andy in, on um, last week, uh, doing picks against the spread. Ron went 3-1 and one for the week um, over Turkey week, Turkey Weekend, and Andy was not far behind. He's tied with Ron at 3-1 and one as well. John was 2-2, two and two, and uh, I, Dave, a.k.a. Davey, 2-2 two two as well. Kevin was 1-3 for, for week number 13 in, in all the sports. Tim is here too. Welcome in, Tim. How you doing? Here I was thinking it was my dumb internet connection over the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Welcome in. I hope you're doing well as you're you're doing your next uh, next work trip scenario. Um, so here are the standings after several weeks, and yeah, I, I've got to figure out that OBS thing. It's just getting this has happened a lot. But anyway, standings. Um, we have John at the top at 24, 21, and one. Um, Ryan has in fact joined us. Great. All right. Um, Dave is at 23 and 23. Andy is 22 and 24. Ron is at 19, 26 and 1. And Kevin is in last place at 17 and 29. So we're going to introduce some folks back to the program here. It's been a bit. Um, first, let's say hi to our good friend, 
John in Connecticut. Welcome in, my friend. Um, John, it's been a bit. How was your Thanksgiving weekend? How are you tonight? Um, actually, not too great, Dave. I had the vid last week and kind of still have the vid at the moment. Um, so okay. it is what it is. Nothing, you know, nothing serious. But okay. um, yeah, it kind of puts a damper on Thanksgiving. Uh, I hear you. But you know, we're, I certainly got to watch a lot of sports stuck at home all by myself. So I guess that was one slight positive. You know, you had all the football, you had the World Cup, there's college basketball. The old fan duel account was certainly worn out over the last week or so. Um, so you can tell my voice isn't quite back to what I it usually is. But I'm obviously well enough here to, to be back and glad to be back to talk some football. So. Uh, we're glad to have you back. I'm sorry about your. I'm sorry you had the. You had the. You had the vid. Um, feel better. It so, is what it is. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Been going around, unfortunately. Um, so folks, I can't believe it, but our friend Ron has joined us on the program. It's so good to have you back, Ron. How how are you tonight? Hopefully, hopefully doing all right. <laughs> uh, I'm good, Dave. Thanks. It's, all right. It's good to be. Been a long time, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like riding a bike. You never forget. <laughs> A lot of things have happened um, in the last uh, three weeks since we had last did our show, um, or at least the, the sports show. Um, and it's just been, it's been an incredible week. And let's shout out to our friend Tim from the Brookstone Bards, too. So we'll shout out the Bards in the chat, too. Um, really, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're going to get into a lot of fun things tonight. We're going to talk college football to start. Um, but stay with us because we will get extensively into NFL coverage uh, in, in a few minutes as well. So... Um, I don't want to waste too much more time as far as what happened with college football last weekend. It was it was a firecracker of a weekend. I mean, John, if we'll go back to you for a minute and, um, you know, just some big upsets. I mean, South Carolina beating Clemson and then Oregon State rising in the fourth quarter when it looked like they were dead. I, I can't I couldn't believe I couldn't believe they came back there um, to beat to beat Oregon in the Civil War game. I don't even know if they call it that anymore, but but they assume what they do. Um, John, let's get your recap of last week's college action. I mean, honestly, just so much to unpack. I mean, USC with a nice win over Notre Dame, too. I mean, there's a lot going on in college. Yeah, what a wild week. I mean, rivalry week certainly lived up to its name. Um, yeah, that Oregon State game, I, I seriously still can't believe they came back to win that game. They were down 31-10 to late in the third quarter. Their quarterback, their lawn chair quarterback, completed six passes the entire game, and they came back and won and, and beat Oregon. Um, obviously, it was a combination of a lot of things. I mean, Dan Lanning continues just to make boneheaded decisions about when to go for it and when to not go for it. You saw it in the Washington game um, a few weeks ago. You saw it again in this game when he goes through a fourth and one on his own territory, which sets up um, a, a Oregon State touchdown. And, you know, Bo Nix was not 100% either. And they're like running read option with him, which is, you know, completely ridiculous. And then the dude drops a punt on his uh, five yard line, and that sets up another Oregon State touchdown and just a tremendous comeback. Um, you can't say enough of the job that Jonathan Smith has done there at Oregon State, taking them from, you know, basically a bottom level Pac 12 team to now almost near the top of the conference. And they had USC beat earlier in the year. Like they really should have been like 11 and one this year. I mean, what a great job by them, but obviously, you know, they probably play the games and they couldn't close out the Trojans, but still um, an amazing comeback and, and just a great job by Oregon state. Um, yeah. You mentioned Clemson and South Carolina. We don't you get to see this fraud Clemson team in the college football playoffs. So that's good news. Uh, just, you know, the ACC might be like the worst power five conference that we've ever seen. Just, just horrific from top to bottom. And um, 
you know, Clemson was exposed at Notre Dame, um, exposed against uh, South Carolina. And uh, good thing we don't have to see them again uh, in the college football playoff, uh, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then obviously the Apple Cup was a huge game on Saturday night. Uh, Michael Penix just went crazy. I think uh, Washington had like 700 yards of offense. I mean, man, what a year they've had too. Um, you know, their defense isn't great, but it doesn't matter if you're putting up those kinds of offensive numbers. And the result of that, you know, USC was waiting to see who they would play for the Pac-12 championship based on that game. And because Washington won, uh, that means Utah got, got the spot. So they're going to get a, a rematch. Well, not a rematch. They won the first game. USC will get the rematch with Utah uh, this upcoming week. And, um, you know, the other big game of the day, obviously, was the Michigan-Ohio State game. Uh, Michigan, I mean, what else can you say? Like, they, they played it perfectly. Uh, Ohio State was daring them to pass the ball down the field, and that's exactly what – McCarthy did, um, you know, because Corum was out, the running game was struggling. They said, hey, like, eat us down the field with these long passes, and that's exactly what they did. You know, Ryan Day got really tight with his play calling. Um, I didn't think uh, Stroud played particularly well. I mean, it's been kind of a, a, a theme really lately. I, I don't think he should win the Heisman Trophy at all. I mean, I think Caleb Williams is probably going to be the favorite at this point, but Stroud really hasn't played, you know, up to his capabilities, um, at least in my opinion. And, you know, Michigan just ran them over in the second half once they kind of got the lead. And, um, you know, uh, the Buckeyes are going to be calling for Ryan Day to be on the hot seat here if, if this keeps keeps up. You know, I know they went, like, what, 11-2. and two, But if you can't beat Michigan, uh, your tenure there is going to end pretty fast. So um, those are pretty much the main games, I guess, of the weekend. Sets up a very, very interesting conference championship week. I'm sure we'll get to the previews in a little bit. But I'll just say this, like, I think it's complete horseshit if TCU loses this Saturday and they drop out of the top four. Like they they playing the extra game because they're playing for a conference championship. Why would you penalize them if they say they lose by like three points to Kansas State, which easily could happen? And like you slide in like Ohio State or Alabama, which is complete garbage. But I, you can just tell the committee is setting up for this because they've done it before. They want to get the brand names in there, but I think that would just be horrible if that were to happen to TCU if they were to lose by like a field goal and you know Ohio here comes Ohio State just got blown out by four touchdowns on their own field you're in the you're in the playoffs now um but I I could see a scenario like that playing out but in any event I digress it was a great rivalry weekend of of action and uh, certainly did not disappoint didn't it didn't a lot of excitement throughout the weekend and even on Friday like the Friday but before I mean Friday after Thanksgiving there's so many great games like that's kind of interesting with the Baylor Texas game that it wound up being a cover for Texas because that is not an indicative of the score. It was a tough game. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even realize that that was even a possibility. I assumed that even if TCU lost, they were going to be good. You're probably right, though. There's going to be some... I don't know. It's, a, it's Let's go to Ron and let's get your thoughts on last week's action, too. I'd love to get your thoughts on the TCU scenario. We may have some time to do college coaching talk later, but... Um, last week is where we should focus, and, and I and I do. We got to get Andy in here when uh, we talk about Trent Dilfer going to UAB. I'm sure he's got <laughs> what? some opinions on that. Really? I know he's going to have thoughts on Shaw being fired too. I mean, that's way overdue. So you know, it's about time there. I I didn't know about that, John. That's interesting. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we'll oh, yeah, just announce he can he can like coach with his pencil like at the you know, <laughs> like as, you know as he's making his play calls. Then what a train wreck that's going to be. I can't wait. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mentioned the Andy today. I give it like three or four games uh, next year before uh, he gets into a, 
uh, fighter uh, hits a player on the sidelines, they probably have to fire him. What a, what a, you know, just an idiotic move by UAB. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Ron, let's get your thoughts on what happened last week. I mean, lots to cover, you know, like it's a very exciting week. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, John nailed everything. Um, it was a good rivalry, rivalry week, a uh, good end of, the, you know, the, the college football season. Um, you know, definitely, obviously the biggest game was Michigan-Ohio State. And, uh, um, you know, John nailed it. I mean, Michigan just ran over them. And I, I think that's like the biggest, uh, you know, difference in the past two years uh, with the, uh, you know, the, the Michigan program is, uh, they kind of stopped trying to be like those high-powered, you know, um, uh, run-and-gun offenses and, and keep up with the Ohio States of the world. And they got back to, like, just, you know, uh, running people over. And, I mean, even, uh, you know, in, in my opinion, J.J. McCarthy, like this year, is light years uh, more talented than uh, Cade McNamara was last year. But uh, they still – they don't make them do too much. Uh, because they, they they run the ball so well. So, um, yeah, they, they've gotten back to, like, true Big Ten football. You just, you know, ground and pound. You beat people up on defense. Uh, and Ohio State hasn't been able to answer that um, the past couple seasons. So I, I agree. Like, uh, this happens again next year, or they miss – Ohio State misses the playoffs next year. You're going to you're gonna hear people calling for Ryan Day's head and, uh, you know – trying to get Urban Meyer back in there or something. But, um, yeah, that to me, that was the biggest game. USC, uh, you know, I was I was paying attention to them. Uh, you see if they could take care of business. And, uh, you know, like John mentioned, uh, they did. And, and Caleb Williams has to be considered the favorite for the Heisman now. Um, you know, it was pretty wide open up until really like the last two or three weeks. And, uh, guys kind of knocked themselves out of the uh, the running uh, by default, you know, with Hooker getting hurt. Uh, Stroud has just really struggled, like, the past two, even against Maryland. Like, he had an awful first half, awful first half. Like, Maryland was really uh, in that game two weeks ago and, and could have easily won. Um, so he's really, like, played himself out of consideration. And Caleb, Caleb Williams is kind of – you know, raised himself up and, and put himself as the, the front runner. And uh, you saw that against Notre Dame. Um, USC looks good, man. You know, they, they really mm -hmm. do. And, uh, you know, I, I was watching the TCU-Iowa State game, and, you know, uh, it just goes to show, um, you know, how good TCU's been uh, this year because they've been getting a lot of uh, criticism, too, for, uh, you know, starting off slow in the games. And, uh, you know, they, they, they heard that. They must have heard that. They came out against Iowa State and just beat the crap, crap out of them the first half. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a legit good team. Uh, you know, Max Duggan is uh, perfect for that offense. Um, and so I agree with John. Like, if, if they play Kansas and Kansas State's a good team. We know Kansas State's a good team. They can play with anybody. Um, you're telling me on a neutral field uh, that they lose to Kansas State and they get knocked out of the, the playoff race for, you know, uh, like whoever it is, uh, Ohio State, Alabama, whoever the, the committee decides to put in, I think it'll be a travesty. I mean, let the, you know, it really, they should have a locked-in position right now. Regardless I of the, um, I, But I, we, yeah. like, like John said, we know they, you know, the committee's kind of sowed the seeds of, uh, of doubt there. Uh, and you know that they're chomping at the bit to put in, 
uh, you know, one of those power, uh, you know, the, the, the legacy teams that we see every year, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, they want those guys in there. And, uh, you know, let's have some fun. You know, I, maybe maybe the games are blowouts. Maybe the games aren't watchable in the, in the playoffs, but at least it's somebody new. That's right. And God knows that uh, TCU deserves it this year. So I agree 100%. Like, uh, regardless of the outcome, as long as the game is competitive. Now, now granted, if, if Kansas State comes out and beats them 63 to nothing, I think, you know, the committee has a valid argument. You know, uh, well, they went to the championship game and spit the bit. But if it's a, a competitive game, I mean, you you, you can't punish those those kids and, and penalize that program for for playing in a championship game an extra mm-hmm. week you know yeah the thing about it is is that i have not been impressed by tcu most of the season i really felt like they got a lot of breaks i didn't think they were that good but having said that if they win the big 12 or even if they lose by like you said if they lose by four points like you can't take them out just from that like i thought they were in i didn't even think that this was even a conversation but John and John's John's read of it is I think is perfect. I think it's it's true. Like it's the committee will give anything for them to slip so they can just have an excuse to put in Alabama. And who I'm not sorry, and nothing personal, Andy, but who needs them back in the playoff right now? Like nobody. We're we've Nobody's. seen we've seen plenty of Alabama, right? So like I mean, they just lost to I mean LS give Brian Kelly credit for a great season for his first year, but they lost to LSU, who just lost to a like, complete corpse of a Texas AM team Absolutely. that couldn't even that struggled against UMass the week before. Like it, this is not the same Bama team of the last few years. I mean, they shouldn't be anywhere near the playoffs. Same with them. honestly, Dave, if USC loses by three points, they should still be in as number four. Like I they shouldn't yeah. they should fall in. The top four should be set right now. There should be no you know, debate for anyone falling out. And, unless I, I agree. If, if it's like 63 to nothing, like, okay, the optics of that just aren't going to look good. But if all these games are competitive, like I don't see any reason why you should take out any of the top four at this point, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. When you, when you have the top four that's um, cemented themselves at this point in the season, I mean, obviously if you have, uh, you know, seven, eight teams who are one loss teams and, you know, you, you, it's basically this, uh, the championship game is their playoff. I get that. But, you know, you have four cemented teams uh, that deserve to go. Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, if one of them loses and, and loses a spot, I, I think it's a really, a really bad look for college football. I completely agree with all that, Ron. I, that's really well said. And, um, you know, but let, we'll, we'll, we'll see and, and uh, we'll see it play out. In that, you know, when you think of it in that in that context, I I want TCU to win now. Like I'm not, I was kind of looking forward to seeing them kind of slip here, but I don't, if it means that, I don't want them to lose that game. Win the game. Let's let's have a good playoff. I I would love the fresh blood there. So speak with that that in, that in mind, folks. Um, and yeah, oh, big time props to Washington. They had a nice year. Uh, our friend uh, the Leon Lounge Jesse is a UW alum, so big year for Washington. So that's really cool to see. Um, all right, so let's go look at the the conference championships first because I know we'll have Andy coming jo- coming to us later, and then we'll get his picks once he's here. But uh, the conference championships, there are ten of them for you know group of five and power five. They start on Friday, and uh, what a what a collection of games! Like this is, you know, people were I think I think it was Coach who was saying like. Oh, you know, yeah, it's this isn't such a big, you know, this isn't gonna, this is a meaningless conference championship weekend. Well, you know, now that we know the scenario with TCU, I'm not really sure. And and then there's also some juice with the USC scenario because clearly, if they lose, even though 
they sh if they were to lose by four, they probably should make it anyway. But it still has to be treated like it's, a, it's like a mini playoff game. So Utah versus USC. USC is going to want to get that one back after they lost in a close one to Utah the first time in Salt Lake City. So that's on Friday. Uh, Conference USA game could be pretty good too, actually. The last time that North Texas played UTSA was a four-point, I believe it was a four-point game. So this could be another barn burner between the two teams. And UTSA has been a big, we've been big UTSA supporters over here on the on the uh, Sandwich Sports Show. Um, big 12, you know, again, we talked about it. That's leading off the day. Uh, the MAC championship with Toledo versus Ohio. The problem with Ohio is that their their quarterback is out for the season. That stinks. That would have been a great game if Ohio's was healthy all the way. Uh, Sun Belt, I have nothing to say with Sun Belt. <laughs> John, I'll give that to you. SEC, LSU versus Georgia. Well, I mean, we said so much about both teams already at this point. Um, AAC, this could be a good game too, actually. UCF Tulane, you know, that'd be really fun. Fresno State versus Boise State represents the Mountain West. That's coming at 4 o'clock Eastern. Big 10 is Purdue versus Michigan. Literally nothing I have to add on that. Michigan will take care of business like they did with Iowa. I don't really see anything. I don't really see it being close, honestly. And then the ACC, again, as all of you have been saying, this is, I mean, why are both teams ranked? <laughs> I guess this is my question at this point. You know, like Clemson ranked number nine. That's, I feel like that's generous. And North Carolina ranked number 23, same scenario. They just lost to NC State last weekend. In, like, double overtime. Like, really? Like, I don't know about that. John, let's go to you first and look at your thoughts on the conference championship weekend. I mean, there's a lot to unpack. Let's let's see what you got. Do you want me to, like, just go game by game or just overall thoughts? Um, what are yeah. you looking for here? Yeah, just give me overall thoughts. That's fine. Because, like, well, there's definitely... I don't know if we have enough time to do go game by game, but but definitely get Yeah, it. I'll just give you some quick, just quick thoughts. Okay. I mean... um. I'm ex I'm pumped for the group of five ones more so than the power five. Obviously, mm -hmm. we talked about the juice with you know the TCU, Kansas State, and Utah USC games could potentially lead those teams, respective teams, to fall out of the playoff if they were to lose. So obviously, those are the games that you want to keep your eye on. Um, you got to figure U USC is going to want to avenge that loss to Utah and Salt Lake City. I think obviously that's a really tough place to play, so getting a neutral site is going to help them. Um, the Utah defense has not really been quite up to par of, of what they have been in previous years this year. So I think uh, Caleb Williams on offense is just going to keep doing what they've been doing and score a lot of points. Now, granted, their defense isn't very good, but I just saw the Utah running back, Tavian Thomas, like he already just like quit the team and went into the transfer portal. So he's wow. not going to be there. Um, so I don't know. I kind of like you. I think USC is probably going to get the job done here. I, you know, I, I would, that's will be my prediction or lean for that game. Um, the, you know, the TCU and Kansas state game really could go either way. I mean, Kansas state is a tough team. I mean, if you remember when these two teams played earlier in the year, Kansas state was up 28 to 10 or, or 30 to 10 or something like that. And they lost like their three, three quarterbacks in the game. Martinez got hurt. Will Howard got hurt. And then like, I think their third string quarterback got hurt. So they were, you know, they couldn't do anything after that, and TCU came back to win. So this is going to be a really good game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Kansas State won, again, by, like, you know, a very, very close margin. The spread's only TCU minus two and a half, so it's kind of telling you something. Um, and I just hope if that happens, like I said, that TCU still gets the chance to play in the national championship for, for the college football playoff. But, you know, we know the committee has, has other ideas. Um, the other Power Five games, I mean, who cares? I mean, Michigan's going to destroy Purdue. 
and Clemson UNC. It could be a fun game in terms of like points. Like bet the over on that one. Like I don't think either team is going to get a stop in that game. So maybe bet the over if you want to see a lot of points. But yeah, it, it doesn't mean anything. And like, why is Clemson ranked tenth? But that just makes absolutely no sense to me. How they're still number ten, but. Alas, that's that's what the committee does. But yeah, the group of five action is where it's at. Um, you know, the U, the UTSA North Texas game again. That should be pretty high scoring. Um, those conference USA games tend to be that way. I mean, we love this UTSA program. You know, Frank Harris and all his receivers have been putting up a, uh, another huge season. And even North Texas. I mean, their offense is is fantastic. With um, you know, they have a stable of running backs. Austin Ani, and he's like he's like in his eighth year basically playing for North Texas. So um should be a lot of points in that one. I think the spread is like, what, seven or eight for UTSA. I mean, that, I don't know, that's like right on the edge of what I might want to lay in that game. I mean, I don't know, that's tough. I'll have to think about that one. Um, Toledo, Ohio will be in one of my picks, so we'll save my thoughts on that. Um, yeah, the AAC, this is going to be a fantastic game. UCF and Tulane, they just played a few weeks ago, and UCF won at New Orleans. Um uh, against Tulane, but I think it's going to be different this time. I think Tulane's going to get them. Uh, John Reese Plumlee, UCF's quarterback, is not 100%. He's got like a hamstring uh, issue. And if you've watched UCF, like he's basically their entire offense when they're doing like their read option plays. Like he could, he's a really dynamic runner. And if he, they don't have that helmet, like they just, he left the game last weekend against South Florida and they were ahead 28 to nothing in the first quarter and they blew the lead. They ended up coming back to win at the end of the game. It was just some crazy catches, but um, I don't see them beating Tulane if he's not playing or not 100%. I think uh, Tulane, now that they've they've retained really, Willie Fritz, who was flirting with Georgia, the Georgia Tech job, and he's staying at Tulane. So I think he's, you know, that kind of weight is off their shoulders, and I think they'll have no problems, um, you know, moving the ball on this UCF defense. They need to get a good game script. They need to get their running back, uh, uh, Tajay Spears, uh, they need to get him involved because – um, the last time they played, UCF got ahead early and they weren't able to establish the run. And that, that guy is just an explosive player. So you got to get him some touches and um, let their defense just uh, do their thing. Their secondary is uh, fantastic. Um, so I, I like Tulane to win that one. Um, Boise State and uh, Fresno, that's a, that's a very competitive game. You know, we've documented Boise's kind of turnaround uh, midseason here on the show. But um, Fresno has been rolling since Jake Hayner came back. So I would kind of lean towards them in this matchup. I still think um, he is what puts Fresno just a little bit over, over Boise in this game. Um, without him, I, Boise easy. But I think Fres uh, Fresno will win uh, because of Hayner's presence. And then the um, Sun Belt, you have to look at the status of Grayson McCall because he's missed the last couple games. And, and Coastal Carolina is a completely different team without him. He might be worth like you know eight to ten points to the spread. Like he's he's one of the most valuable players in college football. And if he's playing, uh, he's not playing. If he's not playing, Coastal has no chance. You just saw them get destroyed by James Madison, forty-seven to like seven or something over the weekend. Troy has a great defense, and they should be able to um, hold Coastal to minimal points if if McCall's out. And um, you know the Troy offense will do just enough. And um, so if he's out, definitely lay the points there with Troy. So yeah, that's kind of like a, a brief overview of the weekend, but um, some games mean something. Some games don't mean as much, but it should be entertaining. And don't forget, Dave, we had a 1 p.m. action game on Friday. Um, Buffalo mm -hmm. and Akron are, are making up the snowstorm game. So 
you're sitting in your cubicle or your office, you know, want to bet a little action, there you go. It's there for you on, on Friday afternoon. I'm wondering what the motivation is going to be for that action game on Friday. Well, see, Buffalo needs to win to get to a bowl game. Ah. They're five and six. So there's their motivation. There right you there. go. I don't okay. know if they're going to, you know, doesn't mean they're going to win, but they got motivation. So. That's cool. That's cool. It's good to know that. Thanks, thanks for that update. Really well done. Thank you for the rundown, John. Now let's go swing it over to Ron. Let's get your thoughts on the conference championship action as well. Yeah, I mean, John did a great job breaking down the games. Um, obviously, uh, you know, the ones that stand out to me are the ones that, uh, you know, mean the most uh, in terms of the playoff. So, you know, the Big 12 game, uh, TCU and Kansas State, yeah, I mean, Kansas State really, uh, they should have won the first time that they met. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if they uh, they won this weekend. Uh, like I said, Kansas State's a, a really good team, and, uh, you know, Deuce Vaughn is, you know, just an amazing all-purpose uh, player, um, you know, uh, for, for Kansas State. So, uh, I mean, that game could go either way. It wouldn't shock me if uh, – uh, if Kansas State won a, a close game, uh, but you know, like we mentioned before, uh, I wouldn't penalize TCU uh, because of that. Um, and the other one, the uh, the Pac-12 title game, uh, USC and Utah. I mean, Utah always seems to to step up their game uh, against USC and and in a big spot. Um, so I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that that they win, but. I do think it's USC's game to lose. Uh, like I said, Caleb Williams uh, really has a chance to cement like the Heisman Trophy um, this weekend, and, and I think uh, you know USC can do it. You know they they've gotten better as the years gone on, uh, gone on. So um, you know I, I look for them to to win that, and you know they'll they'll be playing in the playoff. Uh, I think for the first time since the uh, the fourteen playoff era. So that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something to to look forward to. Hopefully. Um, uh, the ACC title game. I mean, man, if we talked about this a month ago, uh, we would be, you know, we would probably think it, it was for Clemson getting into the uh, to the playoff, and you know, possibly North Carolina too, because North Carolina was one of the hottest teams in the country for a good, you know, month, month and a half. Drake May was one of those guys who, uh, you know, a lot of people said, uh, you know, if he wasn't a Heisman favorite, he he was right up there. And, and boy, they have just collapsed the last few weeks. Uh, same with Clemson. It, it's such an anticlimactic game. Uh, I mean, you know, you it's, it's, it's like a car wreck. I mean, you're going to watch it. Um, but I mean, it's, you know, the, the, the outcome's meaningless, no matter who wins and goes yeah. to the uh, orange bowl. I mean, it is what it is. Um, the, uh, the AC game, basically uh, a shot to get into the uh, um, you know, to, to one of the, uh, the New Year's day bowls. So, um, you know, UCF and, and, and Tulane, Tulane's a great story. You got to love Willie Fritz. Uh, I mean, he's paid his dues. Uh, I would love to see Tulane win. Uh, you know, I, I love the, the campus down there. Um, you know, if you've ever been down there uh, in the heart of new Orleans, I mean, just a great atmosphere, great, uh, Great place to go watch a game. So I'm rooting for Tulane. I I, I hope they win and, and get in. Um, so that one's on my uh, on my radar. Um, you know the the Big Ten title game. I mean it's it's almost at the point where you wonder uh, does Michigan rest some of the guys? Uh, you know or, or have them on a sort of a pitch count 
Uh, we know Blake Horm's dealing with an injury. Donovan Edwards, uh, you know, was banged up last week too and, and wasn't even going to play uh, up until uh, kickoff. So, you know, uh, you, you kind of wonder if they hold back a little bit and uh, and feel like maybe they could just beat Purdue, um, you know, going half speed out of I don't know. That's just something that uh, that I would think of if, if I was Michigan and Harbaugh uh, to get ready for the playoff. But, you know, they do have a month before they play. So maybe they, you know, uh, go all out and, and not worry about that. But, uh, uh, you know, just something to, to watch out for. And uh, and uh, the SEC, I can't remember the last time an SEC title game was like this, uh, this shirt, this uh, meaningless, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, we're just got it wrapped up. Yeah. I mean, win or lose. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if something happened and Georgia happened to lose, I mean, they're still in the playoff. Um so, you know, but I'll say this about Georgia. They haven't looked like the same Georgia team this, this last month. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, maybe they try to make a statement and run all over LSU and, and really, uh, you know, gear up for the playoff. But uh, Georgia struggled this this past month. Their, their offense hasn't looked sharp this uh, the last three or four games. So, I mean, I think that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, and it certainly sets up for uh, an interesting uh, – you know, college football playoff uh, in the near future. Yeah, and and so the the the, the scenarios are pretty pretty well laid out. I think if you want the new juice in the playoff, we want USC to win or at least lose in a close game. We want TCU to win or lose in a close game. We probably want Georgia to win, although I think they're in anyway. And same scenario with Michigan. So those are the big the key games. I think you all have done a great job of mapping those out. And I do love those group of five matchups. They are very good matchups. I feel like. Every single group of five game has a potential to be a great game. I think that's that's a cool thing about it. Um, even I don't know if you agree to would say that make that point about the conference USA game. I would. I think John did. So I feel feel like conference USA could be pretty sol- solid as well. So let's let's go to the picks. I I can't wait to see what you all think about the, these games against the spread. So John, we'll go back to you and we'll and uh, let's get your picks for the conference championship action. All right, Dave, um, we'll start off here. We'll just make the first one quick. Um, we'll take Michigan minus 17. Again, there's really no reason to play this game, but I think Michigan is going to use this kind of a, as a tune-up for the playoff. Um, Purdue just kind of snuck into the championship uh, by winning the West because Iowa somehow lost to Nebraska uh, on Friday. But, I mean, you know, Iowa, Purdue, it – Illinois, it, it really wouldn't have mattered. Although Illinois did give Michigan a pretty good game there a few weeks back, but um, you know they have a really good defense. I, you know, Purdue is just you know Aiden O'Connell's a good quarterback, but they really can't run the ball at all. And I just think Michigan will do whatever they want. They might start off slow, but um, by the end of the game, this will be a comfortable you know twenty point win for the Wolverines. So we'll take Michigan minus seventeen. And then for the second game, <clears throat> I'm actually going to go to the MAC. And th- there's something wrong with this Toledo team. Um, if you've been watching Maction for the past month, like on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, um, they've, they haven't covered like six games in a row. They lost outright to Bowling Green. Now, granted, Bowling Green is a bowl team, but they're probably the worst bowl team that is going to be playing, uh, you know, next month in these bowls. And they give it like 40 points. They lost that game. They just lost at Western Michigan. I know their quarterback, Finn, has been in and out of the lineup, but he played last week against Western Michigan, and they were awful. Um, they just had kind of a, a history here under this coach of just very underperforming. And you did mention, Dave, that Rourke is out for Ohio. 
I don't think it matters. I, their backup looked really good to me last week. They just they destroyed the same Bowling Green team that Toledo lost to and gave up like 40-something points, and they just crushed Bowling Green 38-10. to 10. So I think Ohio is going to win this game outright. Backup or no backup, give me the, the two points. So um, give me Ohio plus two and give me Michigan minus 17. So a little Midwest action here for my two college picks this week. Good stuff, John. Good luck. Thanks so much for the picks once again. I, I appreciate your confidence in Ohio because I was leaning there. I mean, that doesn't mean I'm going to play it. Just, just for you know, people get worried about the mush. But, but it's interesting to note that that we're kind of like that that you're you're still feeling pretty good about him with that with the backup. So, let's go to Ron next. And uh, very interested to hear your picks too, Ron. You had a nice week last week. Let's see what you got for this week. Yeah, um, first game I'm going to start off. I'm going to take USC minus two and a half uh, in the Pac-12 title game. Uh, I mean, it's now or never for them. Um, you know, like I said, I think this is uh, Caleb Williams' chance to to really cement himself as the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, you know, Utah is a good team, and like I said, they they always play USC tough. But uh, I like USC in that game to cover. Uh, and I'm going to take uh, North Carolina plus seven and a half. Um, I mean, that game could go either way. Uh, both teams are really, you know, on the on the downside this year, um, especially the, the last couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, seven and a half with this Clemson team is just way too, way too big. Um, you know, they might win, but uh, give me uh, North Carolina to, to cover um, in what is probably going to be a high scoring sloppy game. So I'll take USC minus two and a half and uh, uh, North Carolina plus seven and a half. Awesome, uh, awesome, Ron. Thanks for the picks. Yeah, we we talked about the North Carolina game in text. We 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 definitely were feeling that that the underdog there, and uh, if it yeah. goes up, even better. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but uh, for the but thanks very much for the picks. Good luck. Two to go. Um, well, three to go if you include mine. So Andy will have his picks coming up when he joins us in a few minutes. So let's go to my picks next, and here they come, folks. So here's what we got for week. Week four of the conference championship weekend, which represents week 14 of our contest. Let us see what we got. Okay. So. First of all, I, I felt, I feel like the picks so far have been pretty solid. Like, I feel like my leans are very similar. Um, I also like the over in the Michigan game. Because very similar to last time when they played Iowa. I mean, they're not gonna Purdue's not gonna stop Michigan. There's no way. So let's get, let's get to it. <laughs> uh, my picks. Okay. So we are also laying heavy favorites here. We're gonna go with UTSA giving eight and a half against North Texas, which uh, it's only because I've just been such a fan of theirs. Just kind of piggybacking everybody else. Like Andy's been on top of this. John and Ron have been on top of this too. Kevin certainly is a, is a fan. I can't say no to them. I, I don't want to root against UTSA, so this is a homer pick, really, in a way. So we'll we'll take the we'll take the we'll take the favorite, even though realistically it's probably gonna be within four to six points anyway. But I don't care. I, I'm gonna go with it. Um, game number two, we are gonna lay another big favorite. So earlier we had John take Michigan giving 17. I'm gonna do the same thing with Georgia. Because like you all were saying, like, what, is LSU, what have LSU done to prove that they can cover a game like that anyway? Like, can't even beat Texas A&M. They gave a 35 points to a team that could barely score seven a lot of the time. That's outrageous. Like, did you know that the last time LSU scored 30 plus points in a game? You had to go back two Halloweens. <laughs> Halloween of 2021. 
was the last time that they scored 30 points in the game. That's pitiful. You think they're going to keep up with a great Georgia defense? I don't see that. It's going to be a, a beatdown. So the picks, UTSA giving 8.5, Georgia giving 17 for the conference championship weekend. Very interesting spots, though, all the way, we're all the way across. So we'll see what happens. And uh, that's and that's for me. That's it for me. Let's give you Kevin's picks as well. So we'll keep it rolling. Um, Kevin's picks. He's going to take the underdog, Kansas State, getting two and a half against TCU in the Big 12 championship. And he will also mirror. So he'll go checker with my pick of Georgia giving 17 against LSU in the SEC championship game. And those are the picks for Kevin. And that'll round us out. Andy will have his picks in a few moments. So, uh, good stuff. All right. So, that's going to do it for college. We can talk about college, uh, the, the coaching scenarios later on, like after we finish our NFL coverage. Uh, but first, let's get into the NFL. We had a great Thanksgiving weekend. And let's stay with you, Ron, for a second. I mean, Ron, the hell of a Thanksgiving. Like, usually you get, like, one game that's a dog. Honestly, all three games are pretty good. So, um, you know, that's led into a really good weekend. The uh, 49ers getting it done. Wait, let me just double check. Oh, but did they ever? I mean, the defense did. I mean, it was a really tough game otherwise. Like, it was not a pretty game to watch. Um, you know, Packers, Eagles. I mean, Eagles doing their thing, although their defense didn't look so good. But I, I shall not blabber any further. Um, you know, um, I will say the Jets have actually looked pretty decent, even though they had the backup quarterback and everything. I thought that was a really interesting scenario. Uh, but, Ron, let's go to you for, for last week's action in the NFL. Yeah, damn right they look good, Dave. <laughs> I start, love this start one. Start giving props now. It's, uh, hey, listen. Uh, um, that was rare know, for you. Jets, I've never heard that before. The Jets defense is legit. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, if they had halfway competent uh, quarterback play this entire season, they'd probably have more than seven wins, to be honest with you. So, yeah. um, you know, it's definitely uh, – yeah, I don't think Mike White is the long-term answer, but you know he's right now he's light years better than Zach Wilson. So I'll uh, I'll take him and we'll roll with him. And uh, you know, as a Jet fan, all you can ask for is uh, play to for them to play meaningful games in November and December, and that's what they're doing. So uh, you know, I'm happy with that, um, especially since they they look like they're probably a a year ahead of schedule. Um, you know, with all the young guys that they have, so. Uh, can't complain. Uh, but you're right, Dave. It was, uh, you know, for the first time in God knows how long, I mean, it was really uh, a great Thanksgiving of football from, uh, you know, the competitive standpoint, because every single game, uh, you know, was, was relatively close. I mean, I know that the Dallas score uh, Dallas covered and, you know, they won big, but yeah, I mean, that was a close game up until the third, fourth quarter. Um, but, uh, you know, the lions bills was, was entertaining, you know, lions have been, uh, have been feisty this year and, uh, and the bills have kind of, uh, you know, I, I know myself, I thought going into the season, even after the first few weeks, bills were going to run all over uh, the AFC, but, uh, you know, Josh Allen hasn't looked that great. You know, he hurt his elbow in the, uh, the jet game and, uh, he doesn't look, um, you know, as, as good as he's looked in the past. Uh, so that's something to monitor. Um, but that was a good game. And, and Detroit, uh, you know, hey, listen, I've written Jared Goff off, you know, plenty of times, but uh, but he's still plugging away in Detroit. And, uh, and and you know, they, they were coming in on a, a three-game uh, winning streak. So uh, 
you know, thank God they kept it close and gave us a reason to watch on Thanksgiving. And the nightcap, uh, New England and, and Minnesota was a good game. Uh, it was a real good game. Minnesota pulled it out late. Uh, but definitely, you know, uh, for the first time in forever, three good games. Uh, and, and like you mentioned on the weekend, Dave, uh, you know, the, you had the Jets game. The Jets won uh, pretty convincingly. Um, you had the uh, Monday night game. Uh, the, the, the Colts and the uh, Steelers <laughs> with, uh, you know, people kind of wondered why, you know, why everybody thought it was crazy for them to hire Jeff Saturday off the street to, uh, to coach. And you kind of saw it at the end of that game. I mean, he had no idea how to, to, to manage the clock, um, you know, so, I mean, I, just cause it's fresh in my mind, that's, that's something that, uh, you know, that, that popped up to me. Um, what other games were uh, were decent? The Bengals uh, winning on the road in Tennessee uh, surprised me, and they kind of played like an anti-Bengal game, where they grinded it out with uh, uh, with defense and, and, and timely uh, plays. And you know, big win for them. Uh, you know, if they get hot as the season goes on, uh, you know, watch out for them. And especially since uh, the Ravens. Uh, just, I mean, the Ravens seem to this entire year just play down to all their competition or play up to their competition, which is never a good thing. Uh, you know, they, they let the Jaguars hang around all game long. Uh, Jaguars end up scoring that late touchdown, going for two because, hey, why the hell not? Uh, and, and they get it. Um, and, and the Ravens, uh, you know, spit the bit. I mean, and now you have Lamar Jackson hurting. Uh, so we might be seeing a, a scenario where, uh, you know, the Bengals uh, overtake uh, the Ravens uh, within the next few weeks. It wouldn't shock me at all. It, it I give yeah. them a lot of credit there for that because, you know, it did look really bad, like the first like three weeks of the season. But uh, credit. Yeah. To, yeah. Good Absolutely. And, and I mean, they have the, you know, if they get Jamar Chase healthy, the Bengals, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be, uh, I mean, we'll see. And I'm sure we'll get to that game uh, coming up, but you know, this week is a big litmus test. They beat the chiefs last year. Uh, I know it's a tall task asking them to, to do it uh, two years in a row. Um, but Hey, you never know. Um, and uh, uh, the chargers congrats to, uh, to yachts, a couple of games actually, uh, you know, with, with great finishes, the chargers, uh, you know, uh, beating the uh, uh, beating the Cardinals uh, with the two point conversion at the end. I mean, uh, you had that, and then you had almost like a back to back with the Raiders winning in overtime on uh, um, Josh Jacobs' uh, 86 yard touchdown run against the Seahawks. Uh, so yeah, they, I mean, starting from Thanksgiving, uh, Monday night, we can forget. I mean, that was, <laughs> that's fair. That's you know, fair. Two bad teams. I'm playing. happy about uh, the win, though. That was a great. That was a nice win yeah. for the Steelers. But and, and, and listen, the uh, the Steelers, we know their season is uh, is dead. But I think at this point, all you hope for is that Kenny Pickett shows that he uh, has some juice and can uh, can give you something there. So I, I think you saw that on on Monday, probably for the first time this year. So if they build on that, I mean. Uh, you know, uh, the season will be a success in my, in my opinion, even though they don't make the playoffs, if they convince themselves that they, they have a quarterback for the future. Yeah, it was very good to see that. And, you know, I felt like they were a very live dog, but uh, I don't want to dwell too much on that game. Folks, we have our friend Andy in Seattle joining us in, uh, on the program. 
Annie, welcome back. I hope I hope your trip went well. I hope your mom's doing okay um, out there. Um, welcome in. How's it going tonight? Good, good. Nice to nice to see everybody. A little Heyman style. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm sure you guys already talked about college. I'll have to re-listen. I have college thoughts. I'm not going to hijack the program. I'll maybe I'll save it when you're like you got final thoughts. Do the NFL, whatever you guys are talking All about. Right. I actually I did write down picks. Um, but yeah, keep it, keep it continued. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we do your picks later tonight. Like when we get to the picks, we'll let you do the college picks too. So that'll make it easy to kind of throw them in there. Um, all right. Great to see you back. Um, John, let's get back to you and let's, let's get your thoughts on last week's NFL action and then, uh, we'll take it from there. Yeah. Um, you know, Thanksgiving was good. Uh, unless you had, the. Uh, Cowboys laying nine and a half or the under in that game. <laughs> the, the bullshit Giants touchdown at the end of the game. Um, and you knew as soon as um, Maher missed that field goal, the Giants were going to think, 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 think right down the field and score. And of course, you know, uh, Parsons gets a personal foul penalty that you never see a replay of because they're showing Greg Olson's kid talking to Dak Prescott, like a, a clip from earlier in the day, which is just complete uh, bullshit. But um, you know, why they're showing that instead of the actual play. Like, why am I losing money? Like, I want to see the flag here. But, um, yeah, that was that was a rough ending if you, if you had uh, had Dallas. But yeah, the, the Bills game was fantastic. Um, you know, the Campbell didn't really manage the clock well either towards the end of the game. I think they could have done better to maybe, like, try to either score the touchdown with, like, no time left. But they obviously they kicked the field goal and left them plenty of time for Allen to do his thing and go down the field in just seconds to, to win the game. But yeah, Ron is right. You know, you know, the bills haven't looked quite like the bills, um, you know, over the last month and a half or so. I mean, that might be correspond to Allen's injury. I'm, I'm sure it does, but um, you know, they just got to keep plugging along and, and winning these games or else you know, the AFC East is a brutal division this year, you know, with Miami and uh, the Jets now right in the mix. And even the Patriots are, are still have life. And tomorrow's a huge game. So um, that was a big win for um, for the Bills. And then, yeah, the, the, night, the nightcap was just crazy. Um, Cousins in prime time, the rare win. Uh, and he actually played pretty well, which is which is hard to hard to see sometimes. But, hey, they got it done. The Patriots offense actually looked really good, which was a shock after what we've seen from them recently. So, yeah, that was a really competitive game. And, you know, Minnesota just did enough to pull it out. And then on Sunday, we'll, we'll just get Sunday night out of the way. Like, you know, I love Aaron Rodgers and everything he's done for the team. But, like, dude, like, hit the fucking bench. Like, we want to see Jordan Love here for the rest of the season. Um, even in, like, two drives that we saw him, like, just – he looks so much better compared to what I seen from him last year. And even in preseasons, like, he was – had command of the offense. He had accuracy. He had zip on his passes. Like, let's – the season's going nowhere. I Like, I, you're not going to win your last final five games – Let's get love in there and see what happens the rest of the season. I mean, the defense is a complete abomination. I mean, that's not, you know, Rogers' fault. But let's let's get love in here. You're four and eight. Like, I know you want to gut it out and play, but no. Like, we want to see Jordan Love the rest of the year. We'll see what happens if if Rogers is playing against the Bears this Sunday. But um, who knows at this point? I, I think he wants to play probably, <laughs> but um, you know, we'll we'll see. If they were to lose to the Bears, like I think Love would start the rest of the last like four games they actually have a bye next week which is crazy the late bye but i digress about the the, the, sh the shittiness of the green bay packers at this point um yeah the rest of the action 
no one got to see the Josh Jacobs in his touchdown run. Oh. Uh, in overtime. <laughs> I know we were going to get to this game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, <laughs> guy from red zone. Yeah. Turn to your local CBS affiliate. Once this game is over, like, no, I can't turn to my local CBS affiliate because they're showing 60 minutes because <laughs> that wasn't, the, that wasn't the double header game for my, I, I only got one CBS game on Sunday and it was, I don't even know what it was because I just have red zone on all day. So when I turn it to CBS, they're showing 60 minutes. They're not showing the Raiders and the Seahawks. So you have to pull up an illegal streaming scenario to watch the end of the game, which was, you know, annoying. Um, but yeah, that was just a complete huge flaw in their in their their coverage situation because they would never think that like the non-national game like goes to overtime. Usually it's like, you know, the the game that like 90% of the country is seeing. You just flip to your local channel and that's the end of it. But um that was brutal. But yeah, big win for the Raiders. I mean, the Seahawks maybe coming back down to earth a little bit. Um, that that was just kind of the game. Like it just looked too easy, so you just kind of bet the other way. That was just that was my only logic. It's like, all right, everyone is taking to take the Seahawks here minus three and a half. Maybe the Raiders can play, you know, a close game. But um, yeah, and then the the Chargers going for two at the end of the game that screwed a lot of people, hoping for an overtime scenario. For sure. So that was rough. Um, that's why you can never count on the Chargers like giving one, two, or three points because Staley is always going to do something just completely bizarre. <laughs> just, just fuck it up. And that's that's what he does. Yep. And um, that's what happened in this situation. Um, yeah, and the early early window there on Sunday, um, still annoyed that the Falcons didn't win that game. Like you're right down on the goal line with what, like a minute left. And, you know, you, you were gashing them on the run. And of course, let's get down to the five yard line and put the ball in Marcus Mariota's hands. Like that's a real fucking brilliant idea. And um, you know, they could have easily scored with Patterson and Algier and Huntley. They were just gashing them on the ground. And oh yeah, let's let's throw a pass when the the windows are, are tightened on on the field. That was great. But um, yeah, Washington continues their winning streak. So good job out of them. Um, clearly, Carson Wentz was like the cancer on that team because ever since Heineke got in there, like they've just taken off. Um, and try to think of what other early games there were. Yeah, the Jets just killed the Bears. That was almost too easy once uh, Zach Wilson is not playing anymore. And you had the whole uh, fields out, Simeon in, Simeon out, Peterman in, Peterman out, Simeon in, that whole Rondé. But whoever was playing quarterback there for the Bears, it wasn't going to go well. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I have to think of at the top of my head. I can't remember if there was – oh, yeah, the, yeah, you were right about the Ravens just – what are they doing? Like you're up 20 to night, you know, 20 to 19 in the fourth, or they just keep blowing these games against the Jags. And just, I don't know. I I'm with you on the Bengals uh, charging hard here. I think, I think they're in a good position at this point, but yeah, it was, it was an exciting, exciting weekend of, of games. And we have a great schedule this weekend for yeah. sure. For the first time in a while, we had some great NFL games. So love to see that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't wait to get into that in just a moment, but um, really great, really great sentiments all the way around. Uh, let's go back to Ron. Let's get your thoughts. on. No, I think we did get your thoughts on last week's action, didn't we? We talked about the Jets. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's swing it to Andy. Andy, your thoughts on last week's Turkey Day, Turkey Day, Turkey Weekend action. Yeah, Turkey Day. I was, um, yeah, I, I, I got the, I got the Lions game right. That might have been one of my picks, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think it was, but um. I, listening to Nance on the plane is extra, extra Nance. I, he, when he jinxes the kicker, it's, it's even like extra funny. It's got like a little <laughs> Nance twist to it. Uh, but that, 
you know, I, the lovable Lions, I think Dan Campbell kind of screwed up the end of the first half with the, the clock management. Um, I don't know if it would have made a difference. I mean, listen, the Lions covered nine and a half. That That's all that really matters to me. Um, but, yeah, they're, the Bills definitely are not clicking on the cylinders that they were firing on in the beginning of the year. Um, so we'll see if that has any bearing on the Patriot game tomorrow. I was lucky with Dan Dan Jones and the Giants in the second game. I actually didn't get to watch that game because I was eating and I didn't want to be uh, rude, but I was kind of looking at my phone here and there and Twitter. Um, and then the the Thursday night game, I I took the patch like a homer. And then after losing on that, I lost way too much money on Saint on college basketball. We won't talk about that. But the, the <laughs> Minnesota game, like that was wild because the Hunter Henry catch no catch was very confounding. I don't, if it wasn't a touchdown, it still seemed like it was a catch. I don't know, but they, you know, the Patriots, I feel like they, they got screwed on that one. I don't care about the punt, uh, uh, the, the running in the, the, the punter, that was inexcusable. And then the kick return that the Vikings had, I mean, that, what are you going to do? I mean, holding happens basically on every special teams play. It, it's just one of those things, but the, the Hunter Henry scenario, uh, and then they also like Jones got face masked on third down. But you know, if you're if you're a good team, sometimes you can overcome like bad calls, and they didn't. So the Patriots defense did not show up as uh, you know they were rolling. You know they were playing the Colts and the Jets, and the their defense was a lot better. But you know the the Vikings are, are good. They have two of the best receivers in the game. You know, Dalvin Cook, Mike liked Dalvin Cook back in the day. Kirk Cousins won a primetime game. It all screwed up. It all it all screwed up because the week before I took the Vikings being like, I'll take them this Sunday because they'll lose the primetime game, and it didn't work out. But, you know, because the Vikings got killed by Dallas like four days prior. But, uh, yeah, it was a good Thanksgiving night game. I mean, all three of those Thanksgiving games were really good. You really can't ask for a better slate on Turkey Day. Uh, now, Sunday afternoon, uh, I guess uh, I was bitching to John about how fraudulent the Titans were. And he was like, yeah, the line looks trappy if you take the Titans. Like, no mixing, no chase. Why are the Bengals giving one at Tennessee? Well, now we know why. Now we know why. Every time you think, like, you want to put some faith and trust in Tannehill, that game happens. And it wasn't Tannehill's fault, I don't think. Uh, you know, the kicker missed a field goal before halftime, and they just couldn't stop the, the Bengals. The Bengals, they were very complimentary on both sides of the ball. Uh, no one really, you know, not like Burrow went off, but they, they did just enough, and uh, they kept – uh, Derek Henry in check, and it was just it. It did not feel good. It did not feel good holding a Titans ticket from the get go, um, and so yeah, the, boo hoo, life happens. And then uh, you know Bengals, uh, they keep the keep the, keep the keep the game going. And then yeah, Bucks Browns was okay. I'm trying to think of what else I watched. I didn't have the, you know not my typical setup down there. I watched Jags. In the Ravens, that was okay. I had the Jags. Tommy's like, take the Jags. I took the Jags. Um, had a decent morning slate. And then, yeah, like you guys talked about it, those late games. Uh, 
you know, going into the week, I'm, Mad Dog's like, if you watch NFL this Sunday, you need your head examined. Like, watch the Fablemans. Go to the movies. I did not go to the movies. I watched NFL. And I had a money line parlay <laughs> on, the, on the Washington football team, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Seahawks. And obviously, the Seahawks are like, okay, just need the Seahawks. Andy Dalton is not winning in San Francisco and he didn't like just get the Seahawks let that ship come in. And obviously the ship did not come in, even though first play of the game was a Derek Carr interception. Yeah. Like you guys, you guys nailed it. Like the Raiders were a pesky, pesky matchup for the Seahawks. There was no defense whatsoever. Gino fumbled, Gino threw interceptions. Josh Jacobs went off. Even in overtime, it was, you know, uh, the Raiders met, missed that long ass field goal and that set up beautifully for the Seahawks to finally win the game at midfield in overtime. What do you need? 15 yards basically for a 15 yarder, uh, 52 yard. It did not happen. I mean, we can talk about Jacobs fumbling, but the rest saying the progress was already established, but you know, again, bad calls happen. Good teams persevere, but that's a bad loss for the Seahawks. Now they're six and five. They're going to be, they're right there with Washington. They're right there with the Giants. It's going to be interesting. You know what's weird? The Giants and the Eagles haven't even played yet, and we're entering December. Those games will be fun. Uh, Chargers versus Kingsbury. Of course, that game was going to come down to the wire. I lost Chargers minus two and a half. I did bet them live when they were down 10 nothing, so that worked out. Um, Chiefs, Rams. I mean, God, that was that was a bore, but that game, that game was on in, in California, Dave. So I had to kind of watch that. Uh, I remember the, I remember that Ram quarterback on Virginia. Um, my goodness, they are in dire straits. I think the, I don't know. We'll talk about next week when we get there, but yeah, that oh, was, yeah. it was a much more entertaining 4 PM window than what you would have thought going into the 4 PM window. Um, sometimes that happens maybe more more than often and then yeah i took the eagles on sunday night and i wish i bet the packers live when it was 13 nothing but i didn't and then yeah i was a fool and i took the colts minus two and a half on monday but um it's it's crazy there's how the college football season is over Mm -hmm. for the most part and then there's still we still have six more games in the nfl um because of that, you know, the extra week and it's, it's a great time of year. I, uh, would, yeah, we'll, we'll preview it, but, um, Miami, San Francisco is a fucking sexy game. Yeah. If you don't get horned up for dolphins, (laughs) Shanahan, like you need, you know, get the Ronin revive, you know what I mean? But so something's wrong with you. You can't get into dolphins 49ers this weekend. Well, let's get into it folks. I mean, we have, it it is a, the the 4 PM slate, coming up this weekend in the NFL is absolutely fantastic. Let's take a look. We have uh, many games to talk about here. Um, well, so we'll, we'll get in. Whoa, not that one. Um, this, yeah. So they, what, I'm actually counting the bills. Patriots is one of them. I don't know if you will, all would agree with that, but um, here's the thing I would say about this game. And maybe I'll, actually it's, it's part of picks too. So I'm not, I'll get into it later, but it does seem like this could be a sneaky good game because as we were talking about the Patriots offenses look better. Jets, Vikings, I mean, technically speaking, they both are above 500, so I think this could be a pretty solid game, too. Titans-Eagles, I'll have thoughts on that later. And then we talked about the game Annie mentioned. 
There's some bad blood between Raheem Mostert, who used to be a four running back for the 49ers. He's now with the Dolphins, and he's been hurt, which uh, my adult, my 49er fans friend, friends say that's par for the course for, for him. Uh, Chiefs Bengals could be amazing. Rematch of the a of the AFC Championship game from last year, if I remember correctly. And even though Chargers Raiders really really doesn't belong here, it could be a great game. So that's why I, it's included here on this list. So hopefully Nance and Romo are represented on this chart. I believe they are. I'm pretty sure that the A team on Fox, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson, are also represented on this chart with the Titans Eagles game. So uh, quite an interesting, quite a good slate here this week. And John, we'll go to you first and get your thoughts on this week's action. Well, two of those games are going to be my picks, so we will hold okay. thoughts on those. Okay. Um, yeah, tomorrow night, mentioned a huge game in the AFC East. Um, I don't don't know what the weather is going to be like. If it's anything like here, it's going to be cold, but not, you know, no pre the precipitation blew through today. So tomorrow should just be kind of like normal fall weather. So I don't think there's going to be any like weather impacts, which you're going to ha have to monitor now uh, when we're kind of handicapping these games. But Bills minus four and a half seems really trappy to me. Like, okay, they, they should be able to beat the Patriots by a touchdown. Um, but then again, they could only just beat the Lions by three points. So who knows? Like this is this is gonna be an interesting, an interesting matchup. Um, you know, we'll see if if the Patriots can continue their success on offense that we saw last week in Minnesota. If they can do that, I think they have a great shot at this game. If Mac Jones reverts to how he was playing against the Jets and the game before that, I don't think they really have much of a chance. Um, so I think that's kind of what what we're going to decide the matchup here. Um, I honestly don't know where to go with this one. I'm going to have to think about this one uh, and make a bet before tomorrow. But, yeah, definitely a, a very uh, close matchup in terms of the spread. I really can't you know, decide at this moment. Um, let's see here. Yeah, also on the list, Jets and Vikings. Um I think the Vikings, I think I saw Vikings minus three and I was like, oh, okay. Like this seems like a little short to me. I know the Jets just played a great game with Mike White and quarterback, but again, it was against the Bears hideous defense and with Trevor Simeon playing quarterback. I think it's going to be a very different story for Mike White going to Minnesota. Now the Jets defense is probably going to play great and keep them in this game, but I, I just can't see the Jets replicating that offensive performance here. Um, I, I like the Vikings. I think minus three, I'll, I'd take that for sure um, against the Jets. That's just my opinion on this game. I think it'll be close, but I think Minnesota is probably the play in this one. Um, I'll save my thoughts on the Titans game, and I'll save my thoughts on the Chiefs game. Um, yeah, Dolphins and Niners. Man, McDaniel, you know, the hipster coach going back to, like, play his mentor. I mean, this game has all the angles. Uh, Tua's turned into arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league, you know, with the, those explosive receivers on the outside hill and waddle and um you know granted their schedule hasn't been very good lately so but they, hey they're doing what they're do you know they need to do beating these bad teams and um now they're going up against uh you know shanahan and, and that defense which is just ferocious uh the way they get after the pass uh the the pass rush um you know they can uh sack the quarterback and it's just it's gonna be a fantastic game um you know you have to see if garoppolo can uh, put together a little better performance than he did against the Saints, but they really didn't need to do much. Um, I, you know, I saw McCaffrey is kind of limited, so you're gonna need him to to be healthy. So it's just a, a great game overall. I the spread's like four. 
maybe a point too high. Like I think three or more, you kind of have to lean maybe Miami in this spot, but great game for sure. Um, and then yeah, Chargers Raiders has definite, like whoever has the ball last kind of potential and a lot of points scored. So, you know, I'm yeah, like I said, if you're laying the charge, like minus one, I think I saw the spreads like minus one, like I'd be okay laying one point with the Chargers. Three points, like, I don't think so, because, like we saw last week, the potential for things that can happen. But one point, I think Herbert can do well against this Raiders defense. At the same time, like, Josh Jacobs is just going to run wild on this pathetic Chargers front. So probably a lot of points scored in this game. Lean Chargers just because of the, the quarterback comparison, but wouldn't be surprised at all if this, again, came right down to the wire. So, yeah, those are some great featured games on the list. You left off um, – uh, Washington and the Giants is another really good game. Two teams like seven wins. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a, a fantastic matchup for playoff positioning. I would lean the Giants as a home dog in that spot. I got to keep fading this Washington team, and it's getting me in trouble every week. But really, like you're going to make Washington like a two point favorite on the road? Are you kidding me with Taylor Heineke? Like no, give me the give me the Giants in that in that game. That, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I believe in the P-Dot magic. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, and, and uh, I also one other game to mention is um, the Broncos and the Ravens. How sad are the Broncos? Oh, man. Oh, my God. What a <laughs> disgrace. Like, they could, I, I did have Carolina last week. And, like, how, how could you take them against against the Ravens? They're going to score three points. But the way the Ravens have been playing, it might end 10-3 and they won't cover. So, maybe maybe the under is the better play but seriously i I could see that happening but they're they're not going to score it's really sad like i don't know how hackett still has a job but hey that's that's the nfl for you i mean he's only about like three months into his career with the broncos but man i don't know if there ever was a if there ever was a case to can a coach after one season this guy right here i think you know you're you have a point you have a point he's been terrible i can't believe it like and we have a lot of bad coaches in the NFL, and like to really stand out like that, you got to be bad, dude. Is seriously, Lovey Smith for the corpse of the Texans is probably better than Hackett as a I coach agree. at the moment, and that's that's pretty sad to say. <laughs> I hundred percent agree with that. Um, all right, so uh, let's go. But now let's go to let's see who we have next. Uh, oh yeah, Ron, Ron, let's get your thoughts on this week's action. So many good games to talk about here, and Ron and John's right about the uh, Washington game too. That's another good one. So let's see, let's get your thoughts. Yeah, and uh, and what hasn't been mentioned yet might be the most uh, might end up being the most talked about game uh, going into the weekend. Uh, that's uh, the Browns and Texans and the uh, debut of Deshaun Watson, yes. uh, oh yeah, quarterback for the Browns uh, against his old team. So I mean, what a I'm sure the NFL definitely you know the NFL is not stupid. They've set it up this way you know, for him to come back against them. But they probably were hoping that the Texans were one of the teams were, you know, in the playoff hunt. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's a shit game. Um, But, you know, yeah, all eyes will be on Deshaun Watson and, you know, whatever uh, happens there. But we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, Yeah. Almost every game, almost every game this week is, you know, a a good game or at least a a watchable game on paper. you know the uh i i agree with uh with john with the jets and vikings uh you know mike white is i I mean last year uh we saw mike white throw you know three or four touchdowns against the uh the the Bengals, and 
uh, throw for like 400 yards and his jersey's actually in the Hall of Fame from that game. Um, and then he came out the next two weeks and uh, and shit the bed. So uh, do I have high hope for high hopes for him in Minnesota? No. Um, but it'll be interesting to watch because uh, you're going to see uh, Justin Jefferson, who, uh, in my opinion, is the best receiver in the league right now, uh, go against Sauce Gardner, who um, has exceeded expectations. I mean, just uh, the guy is a, a true lockdown uh, corner, and they don't really make those guys anymore. So it'll be interesting to watch that game, um, you know, and uh, I'll try to reverse mush and say uh, Vikings minus three, easy. Um, and, and hope that I'm wrong. Um, but, uh, besides that, uh, yeah, Eagles Titans, uh, you know, both teams, um, you know, in, in playoff con- contention, leading their divisions should be a good one. Uh, you know, I don't know, uh, Titans always seem to like when, when you count them out, uh, and, and, you know, when you, you think that Tannehill is going to regress or Derrick Henry doesn't look right. I mean, they always seem to find a way to, uh, to, to come back and win. And I know it's the Eagles. I, I think the line is five. Uh, wouldn't shock me if the Titans covered that if they won outright. Uh, but, th- but that'll be a good game to watch. Um, the Chiefs and the Bengals, obviously, like I said last year, uh, Bengals beat the Chiefs uh, on the road, I think it was, in Kansas City. Uh, and, and now the, the Bengals this year are at home. Uh, big spot for the Bengals. You know, this is a, a game to really cement their run. Uh, and uh, and take over that AFC North uh, and Chiefs, yeah. Like I know Andy mentioned it. I mean that Chiefs Rams game last week was just it was just dog shit. <laughs> you know, I, and I had selfishly I had Mahomes in uh, in Fanduel, and you know they I think they had the ball like three or four times in the second half inside the ten. Didn't do anything. <laughs> they came away with all field goals. So I'm a little bitter uh, about that. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and I, I, you know, Mahomes is great, mm-hmm. but I do think uh, some of the Chiefs and what they do is a, is a little bit smoke and mirrors uh, with that personnel that they have. I mean, you can you can go to Travis Kelsey fifty times a game, but uh, you know, if, if somebody manages to cover him, yeah, I don't trust uh, Smith Schuster. Kadarius Tony uh, got hurt after one game. Uh, you know, uh, Valdez Scantling is you know john knows all too well he hangs on to about one out of every four or five passes so uh it wouldn't shock me to see the Bengals win that game uh you know and and and, and the chiefs uh spit the bit there but we'll see uh dolphins 49ers definitely a big game uh you know i 49ers are a team where it seems like everybody's hurt every week uh but they just keep rolling out guys uh so we'll see um you know, uh, Dolphins are a good team. They might be the best team in the AFC East when all is said and done. Uh, you know, but uh, going across the the country to play San Francisco, it's going to be a tough uh, tough task for them. So uh, that one will definitely be watchable. Um, and uh, man, we we get another. Uh, how come they didn't flex out the the Colts and Cowboys? On I know that's so disappointing. I guess. I mean, I can't watch Matt Ryan in prime time. <laughs> I really can't. That's ridiculous. Uh, like, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, and and the Monday night game is Saints Buccaneers. It was crazy to say, but I mean, <laughs> I, I think the Saints still have an outside shot at the uh, NFC South just because how bad everybody else is. But I mean, talk about two like just letdown games in prime time. 
Um, but you know, it should make for an interesting Sunday, uh, uh, Sunday afternoon and, and later Sunday afternoon to, you know, a lot of loaded up games. So it'll be fun to watch. I think the really unique thing, the unique thing about this week is that the greatest games are in the late window. That doesn't always happen. Like you usually get one great game in the late window, but you have like three, potentially four, even maybe even five. <laughs> Cause I really, there, there was like, like a couple weeks ago, might might even have been a month ago. Time time flies, but there was like a, a a late, you know, like a four o'clock slate of games where I mean, there was maybe like two or three games, and like one of them was whatever game was on the national stage was just you know semi decent. And I mean, yeah, you you've it's very rare to get like a, a loaded uh, four o'clock slate, and uh, and you know, I kind of like it to be honest with you yeah. because. Uh, you know, usually it's it's the four o'clock games, like the wind down and the and the letdown. So this uh, this will be a good week of football. Yeah, and and you know it's interesting. LA's got a very interesting situation right now. Um, so one reason I have to go, I I need to, I want to go to the sports bar this weekend is because in Los Angeles you're going to end up with you're going to be locked into the Rams and the Chargers. That's all you get. And so because he when you know Fox has the the single header. So they get the Rams against the, the, um, they get the Rams. against. Yeah. Oh, Andy's familiar, but, um, yeah. I, we got to catch, you know, to, in order to catch anything else, you're going to have to either have even red zone. I don't think it's going to be able to like keep pace with all of this. Like there's so many late games. We'll see how it goes, but I definitely want to be at a bar so I can make sure I can see a good percentage of the, um, the, the Bengals game. That's going to be a great game. I also think Andy, I, I, I think and see if you agree with this. I think that the, the the Rams could give the Seahawks a game here because the Rams have looked terrible. However, they've historically been very good against the Seahawks, and the Seahawks defense is crap. So it's like I feel like that could be a good game too. So with that, let's get your thoughts on this week's action. Yeah, um, just echo what everyone else has said. So uh, can't eat on the air, but I just did. <laughs> I Michael just yeah. let a bite comment than that. Candy <laughs> bar, candy <laughs> but uh. No, my buddy just texted me saying he just saw the Pats go down to plus three and a half. So maybe some Plodwick motherfucker just made a large wager on the Pats. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'll probably bet the Pats like a like a homer. Um, the thing about Mac Jones, I, you know, we talk about it on the board or whatever. We're like. If it's cold, if it's windy, he just doesn't look like he's got the makeup for uh, like adverse weather conditions. And then obviously last week in the perfectly manicured dome indoors, like it was a track meet and he, and he played really well. So that's something to keep an eye on. Like, remember that game last year in Buffalo? He like, I think he was literally like one for three or something. Or that game might have been in New England. And in the Buffalo game, in Buffalo, he was like, he was not very good. He was more fascinated with the cold breath coming out of his mouth than listening to the offensive coordinator. But that's a huge game for the Pats. And uh, you guys all talked about that AFC East basically has morphed into what we all thought the AFC West was going to be like maybe the most competitive division top to bottom that AFC East is, uh, I mean, it's, it's so good. And I mean, when you got the 
the Jets and the Pats being, you know, more than frisky, you know, that's a great division top to bottom. So we'll just have to keep an eye on tomorrow. There'll be a wager made one way or the other. The, uh, I actually do think that Washington, New York Giants game is, is very good just because of all the, the playoff implications. And, uh, I don't know. Like I, I probably ride the Henneke, that Henneke train. I, I think I have for the most part, including that game against the Vikings when he threw an awful interception. Uh, they blew a ten point lead, I believe, in that fourth quarter a couple weeks ago when the when they were playing the Vikings. But um, I don't know. The Giants just seem a little banged up. I know they they held their own from a cosmetic standpoint against Dallas the other day, but. Um, with Washington, you know, they're, they're formidable passing. And then with the running game, you know, don't let Matt Berry persuade you, but you know, one day it's going to be Brian Robinson. The other day it's going to be Antonio Gibson. You just never know, but it's very effective. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's going to be a great game. I don't know. I can't tell you who's going to win, obviously, um, Jets Vikings, I have no feel on that at the moment. I mean, I I'd like to see uh, that Sauce Gardner Jefferson matchup mono a mono, and then yeah, with the Vikings, you just never know what the game plan is going to be, even with the new coach, because Cousins as as much as he can air it out to Thielen and Jefferson, uh, he checks down as good as anyone too, so. With that aggressive jet uh, uh, defense, you, you might see him try to do that because if he tries to force it into some windows, he, he might have he might pay he might pay for that dearly. Um, 49ers and Dolphins, as, as we alluded to, that that game is you know is going to be very sexy. Uh, we'll see how well. You know, this is a huge rubber versus road, rubber meets road, whatever you want to say, uh, stretch of games for the Dolphins. I think after this game, they stay out west and they're going to play the Chargers. Good luck, Yacht. Um, then they, you know, they got the Christmas game against the Packers. Um, yeah, they got some tough games coming up, the, the Dolphins, and, and it starts in a couple days at San Francisco. San Francisco has just been like a very underrated team year in and year out. I know Jimmy G gets laughed at, you know, Shanahan still gets shit for blowing 28, three as the offensive coordinator for the Falcons. But, you know, the only thing that really hurts them in the most, you know, five-year window is like themselves with injuries. You know, they, they held their own against green Bay last year in green Bay. Um, It's weird. They're, They're just a strange team. You know, they weren't even supposed to have Jimmy G this year. It was Trey Lance. He started the, the season for him in the rain in, in, in Chicago. So Jimmy G probably not even going to start for them next year. So it's just, it's fascinating. Then they get Christian McCaffrey um, and Kittle is obviously awesome. And the defense is shut down and Debo Samuels are one of the best receivers in the game. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'll be see. Uh, I, I read this yesterday that the, the, the 49ers haven't given up a touchdown in the second half in four straight games. You got to look at who they played, though. To be fair, yeah, I mean New Orleans is one of them, so yeah. <laughs> New Orleans is one of them, yeah. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, 
if they can neutralize that uh, high-octane Dolphin offense. And uh, the one thing you don't want to see is uh, both Shanahan and McDaniels, like, don't try to outsmart each other, like, you know, because they, they both kind of have, like, a hipster, smartest guy in the room, a little wrinkle to their uh, style. You just don't want to see them do it. Like, go, don't go overboard with it. And I know they're, like, their best friends, and they they were uh, – they were with Denver forever together. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, Chiefs, Bengals. I, it might be a pick. I, I don't know yet. I, I wrote a few. It's hard to bet against the Chiefs. They do have a lot of Golden State Warriors in them with the hot dog and, you know, the, the lack of respect, the sleepwalking, the uh, just inability to stay focused for four quarters, Kelsey dancing and flexing, but they're so good. They've earned that. And so they can do that. And, um, and for selfish reasons, I hope chase plays for the Bengals. Um, the one thing you always worry about the Bengals is God damn it. Burrow just takes so many sacks. So that offensive line is so porous, but I don't know if they, if the chiefs can exploit it. Cause I, I don't know much about their defensive line themselves. So we'll see. That's the Nance Romo game in can in Cincinnati. Casey's only giving two. I don't know. I, I hate betting against the chiefs. So um, we'll see how that, that plays out. And then um, Dave, can you pop up the window one more time? I guess I think there's a couple more games. Yeah, for for comedy and tragic value, I'm gonna have to bet on the Ravens because, like, I just I can't quit watching or paying attention to the Broncos because they're they're so bad. They're they're just so bad. <laughs> you have to you just have to have some ounce of attention to them on a weekend week out basis. Yeah. Um, and I'll yeah, I'll probably make a small wager on on the Ravens because there's no reason anyone on earth can take the Broncos at this moment in time. And yeah, yachts versus Raiders. Um, again, this is no way. There's, this is not like the right way to handicap a game, but because next week's game is uh, yachts dolphin Sunday night, I'd like the Chargers to be seven and five for that game and not six and six. So I will probably bet the uh, Chargers, uh, against the Raiders. So let's not forget the Raiders. They pulled the Bronco game out of their ass two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And obviously that Seattle game in overtime, that was kind of a crazy game too. So right now the Raiders are basically, um, they've won two games kind of in the fool's gold manner, but that might've increased your confidence too. Titans Eagles. Yes. Thanks Dave. I, um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to, if, if the weather's supposed to be bad, in Philadelphia, I would probably lean Titans just because of their ability to ground and pound and um, not rely on um, high precision passing game. If uh, because if it's cold and windy, then you know Hertz has to be like extra accurate, and the, the ball could be sailing in the wind or whatever. Although Hertz, uh, I think he ran for a ton of yards Sunday night against the Packers. So um, again, like the Titans are starting to turn into a team where like the less confident you are in them, if they're get then, then you take them. And then if you feel good about the Titans, like stay away from them. So I might just go like play that stupid angle for that game. And if they're getting a few points, I'll probably take the Titans like a moron, but um, it's a, it's a great slate of games. It's, it's so good. It's so good. 
Yeah, it's definitely one of the best we've seen all season, and I'm very excited for it. Like, when, I, I'm, I'm, I'm counting down the days, the minutes, the hours. Should be great. And I'm really interested to see where you all are picking these games against the spread. And I, I have some thoughts, too, of course. So let's begin that journey with our friend Ron in New Jersey. I cannot wait to see where you're leaning on, on all these. So, uh, Ron, when, it's your, when you're ready, we, we're ready for you and the picks. All right. Uh, yeah. So first game, I am going. I am going with the uh, Falcons plus one and a half oh, in a wow. game that we talk about <laughs> at all uh, against the Steelers. Uh, you know, Steelers played on Monday night. Um, Falcons are still in the hunt in the NFC South. Uh, they seem to play everybody tough. Uh, yeah, I think they win this game outright. And uh, you know, I know Kenny Pickett looked decent against uh, the Colts, and he looked all right, but. Uh, Falcons have a, a, a pretty good defense. Um, I just I, I like them to win the game. Uh, I'll take the Falcons plus one and a half. Uh, and uh, my second pick, I'm taking the Seahawks uh, to cover seven and a half on the road against the Rams. Uh, I know it's a big number. I know they're on the road. Uh, the Rams, it, I, I think, like you know, they're not playing like ten or eleven of their starters. Um, we know that uh, either Wolford or, or Perkins is going to start. Uh, Aaron Donald, uh, I think, is getting shut down for the year. Uh, Seahawks have a lot to play for. Uh, you know, Rams just—I mean—they couldn't move the ball against the, uh, you know, a, a subpar Chiefs defense. Uh, I think Seattle is going to be uh, smarting from the uh, the loss of the Raiders last week. I think they come out firing on on all gears and and uh, win this game uh, going away. So uh, those are my two picks, uh, Seattle minus seven and a half and uh, Falcons plus one and a half in two games that we didn't even talk about. <laughs> Ron, that's fantastic. I love it, though. Uh, good luck to both picks. Thank you so much. Uh, that's uh, that's awesome. We're like, Let's go off the radar for these picks. I love it so much. It's great. Um, okay, so now what we're going to do is we're going to swing this around and we're going to go and... Uh, we're gonna go next to let's go to John's picks next, and I'm and you know hearing what John was alluding to, I'm really looking forward to this. So, uh, John, when you're ready, we're ready for your NFL picks. All right, Dave. Yeah, we'll go with the other two marquee games that are on the screen that I didn't mention before. We're gonna start with the Titans getting five and a half in Philadelphia against the Eagles. I mean, they have the game script here to play this to a close game. Um, they're going to run Derrick Henry on first down. They're going to run Derrick Henry on second down, and they should run Derrick Henry again on third down. I mean, the Eagles aren't going to be able to stop it. I mean, that's the weakness that they've shown in their defense in recent weeks. Um, Washington took advantage. The Colts took advantage, and they really should have won that game. And Green Bay, when they actually had to run the ball, there's gaping holes for, for Jones and Dylan uh, in that matchup on Sunday night. And you know Rabel was watching that, and that's exactly what they're going to do. Um, and I think the Titans also have the defensive line just to slow down the Eagles attack, uh, running attack and force Hurts to be more of a, a passer. And he's proven to, to to do well in that more so than he has in the past. But it's still a weakness of their um, of their offense. And I just think this is going to be a close game. Um, five and a half. This easily could be 24 to 20 Eagles. Um, give me the Titans to play this one close. Um, I think they match up well. So give me Tennessee uh, plus five and a half for game one. In game two, yeah, we're going to dive into the Bengals, plus two at home. Um, I love the way Burrow's been playing. Uh, they've seemed to have fixed their offensive line issues, or maybe not fixed, but they've been 
much more settled than they were at the beginning of the year. Um, they had just been very efficient. Other than that one dud they had on uh, Halloween against the Browns, they've been playing great over the last month and a half. You might get Chase back here for this game. And they've proven they can go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. They beat them at home last year. Uh, late in the year, it was like a, a field goal kind of game. And then they obviously in the AFC Championship game. So they're not afraid of going up against the Chiefs. I think they can uh, definitely throw on them um, like they have been in the past. And I think their defense can hold, hold up well enough. I mean, the Chiefs are struggling uh, with their receiving core. Um, we mentioned it before with, you know, Valdez Scantling and uh, um, uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, those guys have been banged up. Obviously, Kelsey is a, is a concern for sure. But I just think the Bengals, we're going to ride the momentum here at home, catching two. The, the line's been moving in their favor. It opened at like three or three and a half. And so you're seeing all that money coming out of Cincinnati. We'll take the Bengals plus two to, to even get the outright win. So Cincy plus two and Tennessee plus five and a half are my picks for NFL week 13. All right. Let's do the thing. John, thank you so much. Good luck. And now we bring it over to the picks from me, myself, and Kevin. And we'll give it to Andy to do college and pro picks um, at the end. So we'll give Andy some inventory here. Let's go to the picks that I have for week number 13 in the NFL. Who's ready? I think I think. let's make the thing happen. All right. So for, for this for the week... You know, this is this has been this is going to be a really fun week to to pick games. Like these point spreads are very tasty, and but one team that I really think has been really kind of leading its way, like really on borrowed time as far as kin maintaining their winning streak, is um, the Philadelphia Eagles. And so I'm gonna go checker and a checker with John's pick. I'm gonna take the Titans getting five and a half against said Eagles in in this game in the elements on. Uh, on uh, on Sunday, and everything John said is right on point. Like I just think the Eagles are wait. Here's the thing: the other thing about the Eagles that I don't that um, we haven't really talked about yet, their defense really hasn't looked that good in the last couple weeks. I mean, if you remember the game that they played against Washington, they gave up a lot of points. Same scenario with the the Packers. Like they really haven't been playing good defense like lately. And so, I think from that standpoint alone, I think the Titans are going to have a real chance at this. Um, Derrick Henry has been playing pretty nicely the, the last few weeks, and so. Really, it just amounts to can they can can he just keep himself from turning the ball over? If they do that, they're going to be in the game the whole time. I so I, I'm going to go. With, I'm going to agree with John here. Titans getting five and a half for game two. I'm going to take. Um, so this might cause Andy to change his pick, but we're going to go. We're going to have the Patriots getting four and a half tomorrow against the Bills. Um, if you remember last year. The now the the, wind, the the weather is obviously going to be different, but if you remember last year, there were 30 mile per hour winds, and the Bills did not know what to do with that kind of weather, and it was just very interesting to see that Belichick can coach in bad weather, and I feel like it's not going to be as bad as last year, but it's still not going to be great. So I I understand Andy's point about Mac Jones not playing well in bad weather, but it's not going to be that bad. So all all this to say, I I think the Bills are also way past due for a loss they got very lucky to they're very fortunate to beat the, the lions they're very very fortunate they did lose to the vikings and there was one other game i can't think of right off the top of my head where i thought they should have lost and they didn't i think they're gonna lose here i to be completely honest with you like i mean i think no i shouldn't say it like that i shouldn't say it like that i think they can lose that saying that they're, i'm not guaranteeing anything here i it's a divisional game we don't know 
But divisional game, you generally want to go with the underdog anyway, so I'm going to go with the Pats, uh, getting four and a half versus the Bills. And now that I've completely mushed it, <laughs> we'll see what everyone else goes with these picks. So the picks, uh, Patriots getting four and a half and Titans getting five and a half for week 13. Let's keep it going with Kevin's picks. All right, so here they are. We're going to go, The Kevin is going to um, follow John's lead and he's going to take the Ravens giving eight and a half at home against the Broncos. He will also kind of put, put he's also going to lay 11 with the Cowboys. So Cowboys is laying 11 versus the Colts on Sunday night. So Kevin's picks, Ravens giving eight and a half and Cowboys giving 11. My picks were Patriots plus four and a half and Titans plus five and a half. Fascinating stuff. So let's now go to Andy. Um, and yeah, look, like I, I know, I know. I feel bad now. Like I'm just like, man, I don't, I don't want to mush the game like that. But, uh, but we'll see. So Andy, let's get your picks for, um, for both college. So the conference championships, two picks there and two picks from the NFL. Sure, I'll do NFL first, to, not to break the rhythm. But no, nah, I don't. I don't. You ain't mushing anything. I feel you and John basically made Titans plus five and a half free money, which I'll, <laughs> I'm gonna bet. But yeah, like, the way the I mean. Everything you guys said about the game was 100. percent It's like that, you know. Better paycheck on the Titans and see what happens on Sunday. But <laughs> getting five and a half, that seems like so many. But um, including Travis to stay away at this point. That's that's the only thing. That's the mush we need to worry about. That's true. Yeah, but yeah. So I will not do triple check on a checker on the show. But I'm we're definitely wagering on that on Sunday. But for pick wise. Um, Gosh, damn it. Um, game number one. Yeah, as I alluded to on the preview, I will take the Yachts. I'll take the Yachts Chargers giving uh, one and a half at Las Vegas. Um, I mean, it's going to be weird because I don't, I don't know if, like, Vegas has, like, the old school Raider fans travel on a weekly basis. And obviously, the Chargers fan base is very nomadic. Um as our friend Yachts can attest to. So it might just be one smorgasbord of football mongos in Allegiant Stadium. But yeah, it's just both those teams, you just never really know what to expect. Uh, you, a lot of uh, exciting plays, maybe some uh, questionable coaching decisions, turnovers at the most uh, inopportune times, uh, bad challenges fumbles the whole gauntlet which makes for fun viewing and gambling um yeah I, the chargers you know just to kind of get off the beat path for a second like i feel like the chargers they shouldn't even give them sunday night games uh in the beginning of the schedule they should just keep the chargers like on an open-ended schedule because like for the flex option as they're doing next week and uh you know, they're going to have like three Sunday night games in like the second half of the year. So uh, because of how uh, kind of crazy their, their their team is year in and year out. I mean, we all remember last year that Raiders charter game week 18, right? I think that was overtime and neither team knew like, what to do like, at the very end of the game. But um, so, yeah, I think we might see something similar to that. Um, I you know, I could close my eyes and see Josh Jacobs running for, you know, 200 yards again. I could close my eyes. I could see uh, Herbert throwing for 350 yards. 
uh, field goals galore, um, maybe take it over in this game. But, yeah, all this to say, give me the Chargers minus one and a half in an exciting freewheeling game uh, Sunday uh, at 4 o'clock East Coast time. And then game number two, God, I, I was going to take the Chiefs, but John just kind of talked me out of it. I, I want to take the pass, but I don't want to go checker on a checker on Dave. Um, so just for brevity, I will ride – I will ride the Miami Dolphins getting four at San Francisco. This is a tricky game now. I could get burnt because uh, as good as Miami has been, historically you worry about them in December. I know San Francisco is not going to be cold. I get that. But Miami, this is kind of unproven waters for, for the coach, for the quarterback, for – the franchise, um, we've seen it before. You know, here's your Miami, nine and four, and then they end up nine and seven. You know, stuff like that. But you're getting four, and if it's a close game, you can still cover. You know, San Francisco ekes with a field goal or one of those. You know, 2018, 1970 kind of games. Um, but I, for selfish reasons, I, I, if I'm going to be invested in this game, I, I I'd like it to be close. Uh, and I want to see this Miami team kind of um, kind of see how far they can go. I mean, they were the darlings of the media to start the year. You know, last last year it was LOL Dolphins, LOL Tua. Like the year before that, it was Tank for Tua. So, you know, they've had a few narratives over the last couple of seasons. And um, so, yeah, it's, it'll be an interesting game. Dave, it's Joe Davis. And Moose Johnson hey. doing that. So, uh, <laughs> going head to head with all those other good games that, you know, in the late slate of the Sunday window. So, um, but yeah, give me the fish plus four. And for the college games, uh, I'll have, I'm curious to see what all you guys picked. Um, and we could talk about, I'm, I'm sure you guys already talked about Trent Dilfer, but uh, yeah, game number one, I'm going to take the UNC Tar Heels getting seven and a half from Clemson in an awful, awful ACC championship game. I can't believe it's still getting the 8 p.m. window. That game should be played on the moon, uh, you know, in front of three people at 10 o'clock East Coast time. <laughs> it's, uh, it is an absolute horrendous game masquerading as like a big conference showdown. Um you know, I was ranting with John last Friday because we had uh, UNC in a money line parlay, UNC minus six and a half. And this against an NC State team that was basically down to their third string quarterback. Uh, and UNC, I mean, they still had a lot to play for pride, rivalry game. Um, their only conference loss, I think, was Georgia Tech going into that game. The only uh, conference loss, I don't think Clemson had a conference loss. Um, I think they only lost to Notre Dame. So, and, and both those schools laid humongous eggs against their rivals last Saturday on Rivalry Weekend. And uh, I just said to John and myself, like, I hate these schools so much. I'm so mad at North Carolina, but I have to take them getting seven and a half on Saturday because I hate. I think I, I hate Clemson a little worse. I don't think Clemson should be favored by that m amount of points. And it's just like I am a uh, – I have an affinity for like misery situations watching these games. 
And I'm going to be watching. Uh, it's either that or Michigan Purdue at that hour, right? So uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to be more focused on the ACC game. And I'm going to take UNC plus seven and a half. Uh, Drake May had such a crappy game last week. I, I think he bounces back a little bit. And the Clemson quarterback was eight for 29 against a South Carolina team that was basically, you know, Vanderbilt and Florida, like not so good SEC schools were running up and down and passing up and down uh, those South Carolina, you know, Charlotte without their quarterback, uh, Reynolds, like in the beginning of the year, was able to score on South Carolina. So, um, yeah, give me North Carolina plus seven and a half in my college pick. And then the other game, uh, it might be a checker on a checker with one of you guys, but I'm going to take I'm going to take Tulane minus four. This might be one of the last chances we can take Willie Fritz at Tulane. I think he's getting wined and dined. I hope he doesn't take the Georgia Tech job because he could get something a lot better. Um, but this is more of a uh, – actually, it's half and half. Like, I love free Willie Fritz. Uh, Dave was all on Willie Fritz before it was cool to be on Willie Fritz. He knows. Georgia and, Southern. Uh, yep. Yep. And then uh, – you guys all knew Willie Fritz. And then um, it's an anti-Gus Malzahn pick as well, um, just because Gus Malzahn, they almost blew it to South Florida with a lot to play for last week, too. So, you know, Malzahn, as John astutely pointed out the other day, like, he, like yeah, he beats Alabama and he loses to, like, Missouri. You know, he, he, he beat Cincinnati and he... He lets Navy hang around. You know, you, you just you just never know what you're gonna get. With Tulane, most of the time, I know they they probably got too hyped up for that game uh, against Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. But you're always gonna get slow, steady, uh, full focus, concentration, respect for the competition with Willie Fritz, and I think they'll be able to beat. Uh, a, a Central Florida team that's been very up and down all year. Uh, by four points in that uh, in that AAC championship game on, uh, on I think it's Saturday, nine a.m. out here. Yep. Uh, just to confirm the numbers, I give it three and a half. Three and a half. I wrote. I had four. Oh I yeah, four. Okay, I'll give you four. Four is fine. Um, I can give you three and a half because I do, I do see it somewhere. So if you want it. it it's your it's your show. All right, let's do. It. We'll give you three and a half. We'll give you three and a half for this one. So, uh, thank you for the picks, Andy. And um, so we have a little bit of time left. Uh, you know, good luck, everybody. Let me recap what we what the rest of us did, Andy. So Ron's picks for the week: Pac-12. He's going USC giving two and a half versus Utah, and he was checker and a checker of the North Carolina pick. Many we mentioned the NFL picks just a moment ago. John's college picks: He's going Michigan giving seventeen against Purdue. And Ohio getting two against Toledo. Um, we with with Heat and um, good scenario there, um, despite the quarterback change. Uh, so well, if, if if Finn was hobbled up too, yeah, exactly. Like, and even if Finn, like, he, they look awful the last month. Like, I don't think they've covered a game in like two months. Well, Ohio is just rolling. Their backup looked really good against mm-hmm. Bowling Green, and Bowling Green just beat Toledo two weeks ago in action. Like, I know you can't do like the transitive. Bowl- a did this versus B and B did this, but like Toledo just looks like shit to me. And Ohio is just rolling. So, and I, I agree with you on your Tulane pick too. If you go back to listen to when we previewed before, I think I think they're going to win against UCF. So, yep. 
Uh, let me finish this out. So, uh, so my picks were UTSA giving eight and a half meep meep against North Texas on Friday. Um, I'm taking Georgia giving 17 against LSU in the SEC. And uh, Kevin's picks are Kansas State getting two and a half versus TCU and a checker with a Georgia pick. So that's the, that's what we have. Good times. So Andy, this is these got to be glorious moments for you. You, have, <laughs> your guy David Shaw finally got fired. <laughs> and then you mentioned uh, you alluded to it too that we were talking about it earlier. The Trent Dilfer getting the job. <laughs> so let's get your thoughts on the coaching scenarios, Andy. I know you're going to have a lot to say about college here. Well, not. A, I mean, I'm sure you guys opened the show with college, and mm-hmm. it was a uh, very up, a lot of Lou Lang Lou, put it that way, for college. Like, do not. I, I lost way too much money on Wyoming Fresno, like a fucking clown chasing that UNC loss, but uh, and then compounding it with college basketball. But, but um, you know that's that's rivalry weekend. So David Shaw, like I. I texted with John on Saturday, like, we're like, I'm taking Notre Dame and like last, last, like late slate of a regular season. And he's like, I'm going to take BYU. And I wasn't planning on taking BYU. Um, I taking air force, taking Washington, uh, which I, I changed my mind. I liked Washington state and I changed my mind. Thank goodness. But I, I was like, you know, you might not like Stanford was so bad this year. I was like, you know, you, this might be one of the last times you can fade Shaw. I, I don't like BYU at all either. I, I have no love for BYU, but I was like, like Stanford is an absolute carcass. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I had no idea he was going to resign. Like, be, him and and Fitzgerald, they are the like, they're dinosaurs. Even if they're great coaches. Um, just the way the NI the, the climate of NIL and the transfer portal, like players are not, I said this before. Yes. Players are not rushing to go to Stanford or Northwestern for all sorts of reasons. They're going to Ole Miss. They're going to USC. They're going to Texas. You know, they, they're going to those schools. You, you have to, you know, not to go down a slippery slope or whatever, but like the academics is, it's a real thing. Like if you don't study, like you don't, you don't get to play in Stanford and in Northwestern, let's not kid ourselves. And, and Shaw, uh, you know, the days of punting from the other team's 35 yard line, you just can't do that anymore. And they haven't been relevant in quite some time. It'll be, yeah, it's sad. It's happy. I'm happy. I'm sad. It's all because it's, I mean, it's fun to kind of mock David Shaw in, in that style. And sometimes you, you can make money off it sometimes, you, but yeah, I mean, he, he'll be on TV and he'll probably go to some other school. I, I mean, he's pretty young. I'm guessing he's only like in his early fifties. So he has a lot of life in him if he wants to coach, but it's just crazy that him for rents and Pat Fitzgerald were all like, Watch out for these guys. NFL, if you're an NFL team, like you dumb, you'd be dumb not to call these guys. And they're all kind of like laughing stocks. And on the other side of the fence, like Matt Rule has done quite well for himself. He's uh, taken the Nebraska job and his shortcomings at uh, for Carolina is ancient history. It's Sergio <laughs> really Dip at this point. Um, <laughs> that's just the cycle. I mean, Hugh Freeze going to Auburn is 
that's like the SEC in a nutshell. Like Harson was such a bad guy. Like you, you're trying to use his like infidelities as uh, rational for firing him. And then again, Hugh Freeze, like, come on now. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like now we have to like we use this program kind of like UAB, and now we have to fade. We have to fade UAB as many times as possible <laughs> because I cannot take Trent Dilfer serious as a studio expert NFL guy. How are we supposed to take him serious as a as a coach? Um, and I read like the players like wrote a letter to the administration like they wanted the interim guy to keep the job, and now you're getting Dilfer. Like I'm guessing there'll be a lot of people, uh, a lot of players like leave the program, and Dilfer will just have to like pick up the scraps and and figure it out. But yeah, I, it'll be be lean. I think UAB is in for a lean year next year. Um, they're already going to, I think they, they're going to the Bahama Bowl, aren't they? Yep. Yep, that's right. Playing Miami, Ohio, the first bowl of the year. And I, I'm already wondering, like, number one, is Dilfer going to be there coaching? And number two, are these players leaving before then? Like, this is information we need to know for the, the bowl mania scenarios. Yep. Great points. Yep. Yeah, it'll be be interesting. But um, if you guys already talked about rivalry, it was uh, the, the Civil War game was crazy. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan was odd shocking. That's, I mean, that's obviously a Heyman statement, but um, I was actually, and I was surprised that TCU hammered Iowa State the way they did. Um, it was, yeah, bittersweet because week 13 in college football is always sad because we know how fast it went and it did go fast and, and it's over. It's, it's over. Thank goodness for bowl season. Thank goodness for, uh, championship week and you know we'll have we'll obviously watch army navy a week from saturday but yeah like it was it was a fun last week of college football it just it sucks that it's over because it went by so fast yeah but i'm glad it went out with a bang though that's a good thing you know we had a lot of very very tight games and the rivalry games are many of them were awesome oh, dave i the last thing i'm gonna say is usc Give me a fun house, like, like <laughs> I thought. I thought Riley would like obviously have them in the right direction, but like to, I mean, things obviously broke out for them. Like, I didn't think they'd be eleven and one right now. Like, remember that you signed up for nine and three, Dave. You would have signed up for nine and three. Have... Watch the watch the tape of our August show. Mm-hmm. But uh, and and to sound like Mike. Uh, William Williams won the Heisman on Saturday night. Kind of did though. Yeah, yeah. You should do your he point. Did, because that, like, the, I guarantee people like Mike like did not watch a lot of USC this year, but they did. They watched the USC game, uh, Notre Dame, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this guy has my approval." I mean, he <laughs> put on a fucking show. Yeah. All the props to Caleb Williams. You know. And Notre Dame, as I mentioned earlier in the program, like had been playing better. Like they they're a pretty solid team, so that's a great win. There have been so Their many defense years. Defense is still spotty, but oh, that right. offense is uh, they're clicking on all cylinders. On all cylinders, Riley's kind of uh, I don't know. Riley, he sometimes he's a little tough to take, but uh, he knows how to coach offense. And Grinch should eventually get his system, and and those players will come to La La Land. And yeah, yeah I mean USC is. They're back to being USC again. 
it's amazing how fast that that happened, and uh, it just goes to show you, you know, talent's always there. If you got the if you got the system and you got a plan, you can go places with their talent at USC. I've been saying that. For, I'm gonna talk like I'm sound like fan base. I've been saying it for years. <laughs> so, Dave, you know, did UCLA like? Because that that was supposed to come to a vote last week. Like, did UCLA like say we're or the Board of Regents or whatever approve the, the move, or that get delayed? Oh, that's a great question. I was actually, I saw the note about that. I did not catch whether it happened or not. I'm going to have to go follow up on that. I did get news, though, just breaking within the hour, that the Rose Bowl agreed, whoop-dee-doo, good for them, that they they somehow came to, they just, they let bygones be bygones and let them do the college playoff expansion. You know, honestly... Ron, you know, you know, I know you've been feeling similarly about the Rose Bowl. I've had it, I've had it, I've really had it with the Rose Bowl. I'm like, I would have rather have they just not been involved in this anymore. I'm just, I'm just tired of them having to force this stupid. I know you have to read what happened, but we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, anyway, just to answer your question, yeah, that's what happened. Um, uh, was that was was there anything else, Andy? I, I, I was. Uh, I, I if you guys talked about playoffs or whatever, like, like, you know how like the argument against the expansion is like well you know who wants to see this team get blown out like this year kind of proved that like any team can get beat i know georgia might be the outlier um but i don't know i think the more teams the merrier if more teams the merrier would also in my opinion make championship weekend a little more uh nutty although there might be unintended consequences. So this year, let's just say the playoff expanded and you'd have like, and the Big Ten went away from divisions and potentially you'd have Michigan, Ohio State rematch. Like the loser of that game, like might be out of the picture, but then a team that's idle, like Penn State might get in. So like that's, that, that'll probably happen at some point. You know what I mean? Like, um, or in the SEC, if it's like Alabama versus Georgia, and that loser gets doesn't 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 get in the playoff, but the team that like just misses a championship game, like Tennessee, like or LSU, whoever it may be, like they get in. So I don't know. I don't know if all the all those conferences will like go away with like traditional East West North South divisions, but you know. People smarter than us will have to kind of iron all that out or maybe just get rid of conference championship games altogether and just have like a a champion. It, I don't know. Well, we'll I mean, when out. you lose the regional aspect of con- of college conferences, it's it makes that it makes that these decisions much tougher. So I I mean I good luck on the to all of them trying to figure that out. Um but like I, Purdue like Purdue should not be in the championship game. I yeah. But, they are. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> that side of the ledger yeah. was so garbage. Yeah. Um, I do want to just quickly make a couple notes. First of all, I'm so sorry I'm like a half an hour late saying this, but Stuart Hake, thank you so much for the 11-month resub. Holy cow, thank you so much. I, I hope you're doing well tonight. Um, and um, the, 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 the playoff expansion has been approved. This is breaking literally like within the hour. Um, so what happened was the Rose Bowl was given the ultimatum, not the other way around. So... Basically, they were saying, you know what, guys, get your shit together, or you're not being part of the playoff. And I think they 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 gave in at that point. So it looks like it's going to go down. Um, but it's honestly very annoying that the Rose Bowl keeps insisting we have to have our 2 p.m. local time. On like, guys, 
it's fucking 2022. Can we just move on from that and just move on? It's it's the 21st century. The, the, Dave, the the Rose Bowl is the uh, is the Sharon of uh, of college football bowls. Yeah. You know, they they are holding on to uh, yeah. to the 1960s, the 1970s, like while while everybody else is yes. passing them by. Yes. Uh, you know, and and uh, and moving into like uh, you know current state of affairs and a new generation. They're, they're, they're holding on to uh, Ralph Framden and uh, and, uh, and the Odd Couple. You know what I mean? Do you won't believe it? You want to know who texted me before we started the show tonight? Was it him? It was him with a link about this about this topic. And I didn't know what side he was on. My you know, all the best to Sharon, but I, I I didn't know if he was referring to the college football playoff. I'll tell, uh, possibly tell him to take a hike, or is it that the Rose Bowl's holding everything up? And you know, in terms of their expansion, so I couldn't tell what side he was on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna guess that he wishes it it went back to. Uh... You know the uh, the the polls. Um, you know determining the champions and the uh, and the bulls staying that they, the way they were in the seventies uh, and eighties. All right. Well, <laughs> I would certainly I, that would certainly track. Um, if any <laughs> if anyone on Twitch is unfamiliar with who Sharon is, he's a, he's a, one of our friends from the Mike Francesa. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, good family man. Um, but let's go to Ron. Ron, um, I wanted to get your take on Luke Fickle as well because he is now. As far as we know, I don't think it's official or there's no press release or anything yet, but I believe yeah. he is going to take the job at Wisconsin. So he'd been at Cincinnati for a while, and I'd be very interested in your thoughts on, on, on all the coaching scenarios, but definitely that one. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, I love that hire. Um, and, and I kind of tie it back to uh, the David Shaw-Stanford um, discussion. Because yeah, you know, when I saw that Shaw resigned, I was I was you know curious like man, I wonder who's going to take that job. And I was reading uh, you know a couple. Uh, I was reading like the Athletic. They they came up with like a list of potential candidates, and it's all guys who worked uh, at Stanford under uh, David Shaw. So it was like Mike Bloomgren, uh, who they, I think the guy at Vanderbilt. There's you know a bunch of guys, and uh, and, and my thought process is like Wisconsin tried that. Um, you know, for the past, you know, 20 years to, to, to run. And, and before that, Nebraska tried it, uh, going back with Scott Frost, they, you know, they, they want to run the same system, uh, that was successful. It's almost like the giants in the NFL, how they kept going back to the disciples of Bill Parcells and, and Tom Coughlin, um, you know, after a while when, you know, especially the way that college football has evolved. Uh, you have to evolve and and kind of think outside the box when it comes to uh, these hires. Uh, so I know there was a big push in Wisconsin to keep Jim Leonard, and I think Jim Leonard's going to be a, a good coach somewhere down the road. Um, but you know, w- we've seen the direction that that program's gone in with the uh, you know the the you know the prehistoric offensive system, the you know run run run, you know get a a game manager, shitty quarterback. They don't have the talent to be able to uh, run that su- successfully against the Michigans and Ohio States of the world anymore. So I, I thought that's a great hire, bringing in a guy like Luke Fickle, who um, you know took a Cincinnati team and you know put them on the level of Power Five schools. When you know Cincinnati was was okay at football, but they weren't you know consistently in the top twenty-five. 
So I, I think it's a great hire to to get someone from outside of the uh, program to come in and, and try to turn that around. Uh, so I, I'm all aboard that. Um, uh, who else got hired? Uh, oh, Willie Fritz. I, I, I know that there was a the you know the discussion about Willie Fritz and possibly going to Georgia Tech. I think Georgia Tech uh, decided that they're keeping their their interim guy. So uh, that's kind of. Um, you know, checked off as a, as a possible destination for him. Um, and uh, the, the Hugh Freeze to, to Auburn, um, you know, I, I'm sure he's going to do well there. I'm sure he's he's going to win games and get them in the bowls. But, I mean, you know, it's going to be a scenario where when it blows up in everybody's faces, we're all going to sit, sit here and say, well, we knew it was going to happen as soon as they announced it, right? Because, I mean – uh, you know, he was running a dirty program at Ole Miss. And then he had the thing with the, uh, you know, the, the prostitute or the 900 number, whatever it was. And, he, you know, they used that as an excuse to kick him out. Uh, he went to Liberty where, you know, it, again, he had like, uh, you know, I, I was reading that he was, you know, sending messages to, to female employees and stuff like that. Uh, couldn't help himself. But, you know, it's Liberty, so nobody cared. Uh, but now he's back in the SEC with Auburn, and it just seems like uh, seems like a disaster waiting to happen. Like I said, I mean, he he might win games, he he might recruit well, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think long term, it's probably going to blow up in their face. Um, and, uh, and and you know, to Andy's point with David Shaw and Fitzgerald, I mean, I can't agree uh, enough with that. Um, and, and I love Fitzgerald. But the game's passing these guys by, uh, you know, and, you know, Shaw, Fitzgerald, Shiano at Rutgers, um, you know, these guys, these these old school, uh, you know, they, they know what to do. Uh, you know, they're going to under recruit and build these guys up. Doesn't work anymore because uh, you got you got the transfer portal. So any of those kids who actually do well. Uh, enough to be wanted by another school. Look at Brandon Joseph or uh, the, the guy from Northwestern, the safety who um, could have been like a first round pick uh, if he came out last year. He, instead of coming out for the draft, he goes to Notre Dame. Uh, so, you know, that's, you know, they, they can't just, you can't operate the way that they do. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, Shaw's gone this year. I wouldn't be surprised if Fitzgerald, if he has another one, two win season next year, re- resigns to, uh, Shiano has one more year at Rutgers. I mean, those guys are, uh, you know, they're going the way of the dinosaurs. And uh, you got to change up the way that you uh, run a program now, especially with the with the transfer portal and the NIL. You got to be all about, um, you know, willing to to spend and, and bring in kids, especially with with schools like that, where it is harder to get into and harder to to, to build a program because of the academic portion. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that uh, that plays out, you know. Yeah. And uh, and and one last, I I hope Deion Sanders gets the uh, takes the Colorado job just for the juice. Oh yeah. Just for the juice. Thanks for bringing uh, that up. I know yeah. they offered it to him, but um, and, and not to sound <laughs> not to sound like you know woke or anything like that. Um, but yeah, man, the 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 lack of diver- diversity that you see. Uh, is definitely disappointing, especially like with the Hugh Freeze to to Auburn. I mean, 
it, it, they should have just let Cadillac Williams stay there and given him like a, a year or two to see what he, you know, what he could do before turning it over to a retread. Um, but, you know, that's the, the world that we live in. And, uh, you know, hopefully that changes uh, sooner rather than later. But, you know, that's why I say Deion Sanders of Colorado. I mean, you know, more of these schools need the guys with juice like he has. Even if it's a disaster, at least it'll be an entertaining disaster. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah. it'll be a disaster, though. I, I, think, I don't think it would either. Yeah. I, I think he, he brings in recruits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he could recruit there. Colorado is like a, in my opinion, is like a sleeping giant. They've done everything wrong um, with that program for the past, you know, 10, 15 years. I think you bring in a guy like that and he, he recruits California and uses his connections to get in uh, some big time recruits. I think they could turn around quickly. I love these sentiments. Uh, um, Ron, thank you so much for breaking that all down. Really great. And so um, let's go to John. I feel free to comment as much as that as you'd like, and then we'll give you final thoughts. Yeah, definitely an interesting time with all these coaches. I'll mention just piggyback on the names of guys who just wouldn't use the portal, just were stuck in their ways. The perfect example, Randy Edsel. Thank God that guy's gone. My God, what a revelation Jim Mora was this year, doing all those things using the portal, you know, bringing in outside uh, players and just completely changing the culture. Like I never thought in a million years that UConn could make a bowl game this year. And here they are six and six, and they're going to be going somewhere uh, on Sunday. So um, just, just goes to show you what like a coaching overhaul can do in, in just one season. Um, but yeah, one name that wasn't mentioned, I mean, it wasn't really high on the radar, but um, Arizona state hires uh, Kenny Dillingham. He's like 30 years old and he's, he's, he'll be like partying with the Arizona state students after games for, uh, you know, <laughs> after, you know, after some wins. Yeah. But, hey, you know what? It's better than great. Like it's like the complete opposite of like Herm Edwards and, uh, you know, Dennis Erickson and like the fossils they brought in over recent years. So they're going with like the young hip, like, you know, offensive guru. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I you can't fault them for, going in a different direction than that. So I, I completely, you know, I endorse that rather than the, the retread scenarios. Um, you know, it, it's funny about Northwestern, their only win of the year was the week one game in Ireland over Scott Frost. So mm-hmm. just, it's just like they're under, they were winless in America. Right. I was going to say. <laughs> and one, one, you know, in Ireland. Oh my God. Like, and that was such a great game too. And like, what, look what it turned out to be like both teams just complete shit. Um, but yeah, I agree on the sentiments with, with freeze. Like I, I think he'll probably do well for like two or three years and then it's just going to, it's just going to blow up after that. Um, I think fickle is positioning himself nicely for two years from now. Like when Ryan day still can't beat Michigan, well, guess who they're going to be calling. They're going to be calling Luke fickle. That's for sure. Especially if he does well, um, as you would think at Wisconsin. So I think he's more so positioning himself for that move in my opinion, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think that was a good move. Um, yeah, Fritz stays at Tulane. Honestly, I think if they weren't playing in the AAC championship, he might be the coach of Georgia Tech. But they, for whatever reason, Georgia Tech like couldn't wait for him. So now they're he they settled for this interim guy, Brent Key. I mean, he did pretty well though once Collins got fired. I mean, they had some upset wins. So we'll see what he does. But Tulane keeping Fritz, I mean, that's huge. Um, they could dominate the AAC going forward with like these teams leaving. Uh, you know, Cincinnati and uh, Houston and uh, UCF leaving, so they could be like the class of the conference um and like i just want to mention some guys that got fired uh that haven't been replaced yet but very very interesting uh poor uh, willie taggart 
couldn't get to a bowl game uh, on Saturday, gave up a two-point conversion at the end of the game to Western Kentucky, loses his job, they go five and seven. Poor Willie. So his next move has got to be like group of five offensive coordinator or something. Like he's not getting another head coaching job. Um, UNLV fired Marcus Arroyo, which was a little surprising to me. I know they started the year off well, but like they did make some progress this year. So I don't know what that that program was expecting. Um, I don't know who they're going to get in. I know I wasn't a fan of him, but I think he should at least been kept around for another year. Um, Tulsa fired their coach Montgomery. He's been kind of there for a long time. But again, like, like what do you expect at Tulsa? Like more than six and six or seven and five every year? Like I, I don't understand that move. Um, Texas State got rid of Spavital. He was just horrible there, so that's not really much of a surprise. Um, let's see who else got fired. Uh, Western Michigan fired Lester, who's been there for a long time. Uh, so there's a lot of jobs open at the moment, and there could be another domino or two to fall. I'm like, it's just going to, you know, go crazy uh, at this point. But yeah, definitely an interesting uh, coaching carousel so far. I do hope that Dion gets the Colorado job. That would certainly make things interesting. And the last thing I'll mention is a bowl scenario update. So as of now, there's 79 teams at five wins. Now, as we mentioned, Dave, Buffalo can be team number 80 uh, this Friday. So they would get 80, 80 teams, but there's 82 spots. So there's going to be two five and five win teams at, at uh, minimum here. Well, I'm going to assume Buffalo is going to win. So you're going to need two five and seven teams. So it goes by like the APR, like the, whoever has the good students. So right now, Rice is pretty much guaranteed to get a bowl game at this point at five and seven. So in the last spot, a very interesting situation, New Mexico State has applied for an NCAA waiver because they lost a game uh, due to San Jose State uh, player uh, died. So they had to cancel their game in the following week. So they're applying for like a hardship waiver to get a, to get a bowl bid at five and six. So it could be Rice and New Mexico State getting those last two bowl spots. Or if New Mexico State's waiver is denied, then I guess UNLV is next in line to get the bowl spot. I don't know if they're going to accept it. They have no coach. So, I mean, maybe, maybe someone can do an interim uh, uh, interim uh, job there at that point. But so that, there's your there's your bowl scenario update. At minimum, we're going to see Rice in a bowl, and we may see New Mexico State in a bowl, which is kind of interesting. You never would have said that uh, last week. But, hey, you know, Hugh Freeze packed it in for sure at Liberty, and they just – Mexico State whipped their ass on Saturday, and they might get a bowl game out of it. So, wow. Well, hey. We love bowl mania, and we are going to be here for it, starting with the Bahamas Bowl on, on December, I think, 16th or 17th, whatever it is. We can't wait. So LFG, man. it's going to be good times. Absolutely. Um, I am very much chomping at the bit to get in on the bowl mania again. I can't wait to, to jump in on that. You know, Good luck to all of you uh, who participate. Um now, so here's the thing that I really think is really going to be great in the next few weeks. So just to recap what's going to happen. So um, I believe like uh, week 15, we'll do all NFL. And I mean, if you really want to pick the Army Navy, you can. But otherwise, it's just going to be all NFL. <laughs> all NFL. Um, week 16, I believe, will be the first week of bowl season. So we can do picks for that. Those are probably going to be on written picks. And then week 17, same thing. Uh, and then when we come back, we'll have a we'll, we'll do what's left over. So fellas, with that all said... Thank you. Uh, oh, final thoughts from Ron first, but then we'll, we'll roll around to Andy and then we'll wrap it up. But Ron, anything else you want to add before we, uh, before we head on out? Yeah, just, uh, you know, it's good to be back and I uh, uh, hope John continues in his uh, recovery from the vid and yeah. it's good seeing all you boys. Yeah, thank you, Ron. I mean, it's really good to have you back and thank you so much for, for you know, it's, I love hearing your expertise and your insight. You're great with that. 
Andy, any final thoughts, and then we'll we'll head on out. Uh, yeah, just to piggyback on the on the bowl stuff and the you guys nailed the the coaching stuff. Yeah, I think like Fitzgerald's obviously a great coach, but you know Northwestern it, it, they just they they're they're not meant to be in this like environment right now. It's just everything so cutthroat. Everything has to be instantaneous results driven there's no patience there's no and it's the big 10 and you're just getting swallowed alive at this point they 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 run the program like a tortoise and you know but he'll he'll be all right like he's got a lot more you know shelf life than david shaw at this point and for rent but yeah he yeah it was a good he's had he had some good years but um i the way John put it in perspective, it's crazy. Not one win in the States. And the last one was like <laughs> August 28th or whatever. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's it's crazy. wild. But the bowl season, um, I love it. Like I could, it does suck that James Madison might not get to bowl, probably doesn't bowl in place of these five and seven schools. But, you know, New Mexico State in a bowl is kind of funny. Uh, some of the coaches that got, axed is also funny like i read i don't remember brett mcmurphy used to be on espn now he writes for the athletics got the mustache he uh i think i read a tweet from him saying unlv like arroyo had to beat nevada to keep his job safe but he only they were big favorites i think they were like at least 12 point favorites they only won by five so maybe that was like the straw that broke the UNLV administration's back, but that team's been from hunger for, for years, for years. They're all, they're usually like three and nine, four and eight. So, you know, that's a, that's a tough job. You know, who's, who's going to take that UNLV job, but uh, you know, they're fun to gamble on. It's inventory on that mountain West CBS sports network. So, you know, hope they get someone, but um yeah, look, 41 bowls, bring it on, bring it on. Oh, yeah, John, so is UConn, do you think they could get, like, Pinstripe or Fenway? Like, Yeah, that's that's the that's what we're hoping for. At this point, like, they're kind of, like, in the pool of, like, at-large teams because they don't have a conference. But ESPN owns so many of these bowls. you got to figure they can do, like, some kind of swapping and whatnot because I know for a fact, like, there would be a, a nice crowd at either Fenway. Uh, Yankee Stadium is probably out of the – question because that's kind of like too high up the pecking order yeah. but that Fenway Bowl is like one of the first bowls of the year and it already has an AAC team in it so I think they could swap easily to, to get into that bowl that's what I'm hoping for because I could actually go to that game the rest of these I I couldn't get to so that that's my hope but my feeling is they probably they probably won't end up there but we'll see what happens I'm just excited that they're going to go go bowling anyway I really don't you know at this point wherever, wherever they play like it's a it's a success yeah. What is the last bowl they played like against Spurrier? Is that the last bowl? Remember no, so actually, yeah, it's very forgettable. They actually did bowl under Diaco one time. It was like 2015. They were six and six somehow, and they, they bowled against Marshall and like the Gasparilla Bowl or some shit bowl like that. It was it was a just a horrible, horrible game. They lost like 17 to 10 or something. It, it was it was miserable. <laughs> I, I want to forget. I don't even want to remember that bowl. So before that is when they played. Um, the last bowl before that was the Fiesta Bowl, and they they basically got the BCS system changed because they made 
they won the Big East that year. Man, that's like 12 years ago. That's crazy. It's a tough time. Wow. Flies. Yeah, it sure does. Time flies. You know, it's funny. We were all just we we're all here just breaking down the previews, and it felt like it was just a couple weeks ago. But here we are. It's almost it's almost December. So uh, with that, I say good night. Thank you so much, everybody, for doing this. Um, good luck to all your picks this weekend. Take care, everybody. And John, feel better. I'm sorry you're still down with the sickness and everything, but uh, yeah, it's it. all good, Dave. I was, it was good to come out. It was therapeutic to come out. I know my voice is 100. It was it was definitely a lot of fun. So thanks again. Got Appreciate it. it. Take care, everybody. Good luck. Awesome. Take nice care. to see everyone. See you, Happy fellas. holidays. Thanks. Likewise. Oh man, Andy, John, Ron, great stuff, everybody. So that's gonna do it for us. So let's go ahead and uh, rate out. We uh, uh, here's where we're gonna go. Well. First, for those of you uh, listening on the podcast, thank you again for doing this. Uh, I'm Dave Medina. You can also know me as Davey's Eating a Sandwich. If you missed any part of the show, you can catch us, catch the replay on Twitch at Davey's Eating a Sandwich or on YouTube at Sandwich Sports. And uh, the replays are always available at our website, sandwichsports.podbean.com and all uh, pod, pod, podcast players, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the like. Just look for Sandwich Sports. It's been a really fun time. Um, let's get those raid calls going. Absolutely, Stuart. Let's do the thing. Um, but thanks again, everyone, for those of you uh, watching us uh, on on the VOD. Uh, we appreciate your time. Take care, everyone. And um, we'll see you on the podcast next time. So here's where we're going to go tonight. Um, we have our friend Julie Clark celebrating a three-year stream anniversary. I think that's our destination. So, folks... Thank you so much for hanging out with us, everybody. Rahoma, it was so good to see you again. I'm sorry I didn't get to talk to the chat as much as I normally do. We we had so much great conversation tonight. Um, but we're gonna do the raid. Sprout Buck. <laughs> um, let's get the sub uh, sub raid calls too, if you if you could. Um, and then let's copy those. Let's grab those raid calls. Let's go over to say hi. So say happy congratulations for three years on Twitch, Julie Clark. I think that's gonna be phenomenal. Um, I am told that Julie's got some special guests um, in studio, so to speak, for the stream. It's going to be great. We had Julie on just a few weeks ago. It was a really great interview. So I highly recommend you follow Julie Clark when you're there. Uh, can't recommend her channel enough. It's a great, great, hang, great vibes. So let's go. Let's go say hi to Julie. Thank you again for this program, everyone. We'll catch. Um, um, you know, you, you all have been great. I don't know if we're back on Twitch the rest of the week, but we might be. So just uh, our Discord will have more on that. Um, but meanwhile, we will be back on Monday with Kevin Chambers music and B flat, which is going to be just a phenomenal interview. I don't you don't don't miss that. That'll be a really fun spot. Uh, but until then, we'll see you. We'll see you next time. We're right out. Say hi to Julie. Follow follow when you get there. And uh, my thanks. Take care, everyone. <laughs>